All right, boys, this is a podcast with Andy from KillYourInnerLoser.com. I absolutely love this guy's work, which is why I wanted to have him on to discuss things about pickup and inner game, things about whether or not you should be chasing girls versus money first. We actually get into a discussion on religion. And there's, oh, one of the most amazing questions ever, which is, have I been blackpilled or turned against women or was I ever angry at women or something? And did that, did that affect me? And how does that work around in the world in terms of black pill, incel, coaching, the right, the right pill, dating and all that kind of stuff. This is a really interesting podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoy this. If you do, please help me out with a like, comment, share, subscribe, so on, so, forth, so on and so forth with the YouTube algorithm and check out Andy's stuff as well. His YouTube links should be in the description below. And in case if they're not, killyourinnerloser.com. Just search for that anywhere. You should be able to find him. Enjoy this podcast, guys. And she'll see you all next time. Peace. Boom. All right, guys, uh, welcome to the Intellectual Muscle Podcast. I am extremely happy today to actually bring on Andy from killyourinnerloser.com. If you guys don't know who he is or what he does, uh, he is one of, the, so you guys know the amount of stuff that I put, the amount of interest that I've had in terms of pickup and game and getting girls and sex and dating and relationships and stuff like that. <clears throat> and you guys know that I spent like a pretty uh, hefty penny trying to understand all of those things on top of the 15 years just in life in understanding those things as well. I feel like Andy honestly has some of the best content um, some of the deepest content, some of the best content in terms of inner game and and the workings around inner game when it comes to pickup and dating and sex and stuff like that. And the only other person that I think has so much valuable content in terms of inner game who's actually a pickup and dating coach or someone is Todd V, Todd Valentine. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you know his work. I've Yeah, yeah, no, Todd V a little bit. Yeah. yeah, I love his stuff. His stuff is, so he he is exactly like me in the sense that he helps guys out with self-improvement and self-development and stuff. But his core is always pickup and girls and chicks and it's always approaching girls. <clears throat> Anything in life, if he's talking about people about making money or trying something new or a new approach, his analogy will always come back down into pickup and this is my approach and mm-hmm. this is how you do this opener and da 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 And for me, the same thing in anything else in life will be like something when you try something new, diff- different or difficult or something, it'll come back to, it'll come back to like lifting. So you remember the first time we actually built you up to like a five rep max and then you hit like a max PR and then you remember you were going in again and again and again. And that's how life is. You know, it's, it's something like that. It always comes back to the same thing. So, um, yeah, so I have a couple of topics here. This is Andy from Kidney and Loser, who I think is one of the best guys out there for you guys to help understand and get around your inner game. Because this guy helps me without even knowing. Like you actually don't even know how many of your videos I've actually watched. Um <laughs> You were the guy whose video that I sent to the other guy who had a five-year dry spell, and I had to get to work a lot on his inner game because obviously, if you if you if you're out of it for so long, you kind of just sure lose everything per se, like all self confidence, all self worth, everything. But yeah, no, <clears throat> he loved yourself too, and it's the same thing. He was an engineer as well. He's like a type A person, pretty smart guy, and those are the guys that I feel would gravitate more towards your stuff or even Todd's stuff because like, yeah, the dirty nurse, as I call them. We're yeah, all a yeah, bunch yeah. Of dirty like nerds, the yeah. engineer guys, you know, like how do I do this? My 
if I start the opener with a direct opener and this happens, then yep. this is going to happen. Yep. You know, yep. those motherfuckers. Yep. And then you yep. have to be like, dude, yep. just relax, you know, something like that. Um, so yeah, so that's Andy. Um, I love his content. I love his stuff. Uh, I'm glad to have him on the channel. If you guys haven't checked it already, we have a previous podcast on his channel that's already up. Uh, About you psychedelics yourself- and LSD. <laughs> Was yeah, really do you want to give episode. yourself like a like an intro or something if I missed out on something? That was a perfect intro. I'm very humbled by that. I really appreciate the kind words. I think that was all that I could ever say. Better than what I could have said. Gotcha. Awesome. Uh, so if there's anybody that's coming from your channel, then my name is Kathan Said at intellectual.muscle. The caption that I used to have in the past was, I'm the big brother with tough love that you didn't even know you needed. And I honestly, honestly feel, I think I texted you about this. <clears throat> but I think a part of that kind of came from Chris's website. Yeah. Because yeah. he had something about that too, about like the, what was it? Big brother. The something, big brother. Yeah. Was. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It was something like that, that the the big brother that tells you stuff that other people don't tell you or some shit, like something like that was something a little bit like that. And I think I never, I never knew about it until I went back into Chris's stuff. And that's one of the final questions that I have up there. If you can see it, which is let's talk yep. mentors and Chris and GLO. So um, you have a really interesting question as well. Let's see if we want to move that towards the end of it because I think that might be the most interesting one. So I'll I'll give you guys like an intro teaser or something. What is the question like? I, or what's what is the topic? Why don't you just tease the guys at the top? Did you go through a period and you said you might still be in this period <laughs> where you're a little bit, a little bit of resentment, a little bit of bitterness, a little bit of anger towards women? Because I think that's really common. A lot of guys go through that. A lot of women yeah. go through that too in reverse. Oh, really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hmm. You know what? No, I, I'm pretty sure they do, but they're so open about it too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But okay. So that's a really interesting topic. I, I honestly have, I think this is probably one of the best topics or something discussions to have with you. Cause if I were to have the same discussion with, let's say John Anthony from his stuff or Alex from his stuff or somebody else, I don't think, well, I don't even know where, where it's going to go, but I think this discussion, this discussion is going to be pretty interesting just because it's being had with you. So I'm pretty excited. Don't, what's that word where you over, not over stir the pudding. Yeah. Where you, you preempt something. Don't jinx it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I forget it too. I we'll do a better than shit podcast. How about that? <laughs> we'll do a better than shit podcast today. Okay. So let's start off with some quick fire ones before we maybe move into that one. So my first question to you would be, this is the same thing. I think, I, I don't know if we asked you, I asked you in the last podcast or not, but in, in today's day and age, everybody in terms of the self-improvement, self-development manosphere or something is all about mm-hmm. high status, high status, get more status and get more cloud and get more money. And once you have high status and you have more cloud or whatever, then flex that status and that money, because now you're going to be a high value man. So become a high value man first and then flex the part that you're a high value man. And then go ahead because so that's the, this, this is the other part too. Like <clears throat> uh, a man's sexual market value peaks around 30-ish or something or, or begins around 30 or something, I, I believe, or is it peaking or something? <clears throat> and a woman's sexual market value peaks at 18 to 20 and then she's already over the hump or, or in the gutter or something by, by 30 or something as time moves forward or something. So this is this is like this huge thing about save yourself right now, save your time right now, invest into yourself and become like a better man and become a high status, high value man mm-hmm. and chase money first or, or anything else of that sort and then chase women after. Now, do you do you know what my opinion on this is or? 
Yeah, I know you're a very big advocate of chasing women first and then the money afterwards. I'm 100% a big advocate of chasing women first. So I'm really interested to, to see what you think and why do you think so? I zoom out a little bit first and I like to give people the bigger picture philosophies. And so the number one thing I would say is as long as every day that you wake up and you won't be perfect with it every day, but as long as every day you're moving Speak in the yourself. direction of you, <laughs> most people don't do it every day. I don't do it every day. Dude, I've been playing video days. games for the past three weeks. I'm doing literally yeah, so nothing else. For the, last, like, the last like two days. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah nothing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But as long as you're moving in that positive direction in terms of your self-improvement, I like to phrase it like this. As long as you do something every day to be 0.1% better, that's what I focus on more. So I think a lot of guys will sort of get caught in the weeds of like money or women first. And it's like, are you doing something? In your case, like fitness as you're flexing there and going crazy with that shit. Or money, if you want to do that, fine. If you want to do women first, fine. As long as you're doing something every single day and moving forwards, great, brilliant. Now. To answer the actual question, now that I've completely avoided yeah, the yeah. question, if someone came to me and said, I have no preference, I'm just going to do whatever you tell me, which one should I do first? I would almost always say I would get your dating life handled first for the same reasons that you say, because you're young, you can build a business when you're 50, but you're probably less likely to be going out there and dating a bunch yes. of women and all of that sort of stuff. I've seen the misery that comes from people who are virgins in their 30s and mid-30s mm -hmm. and even 40s mm -hmm. versus the lack of money. That's more a logistical thing of like, oh, I don't have as much money, so I can't pay for drinks or I can't do this or I can't travel or I can't have some nice threads and decent clothes. But it doesn't mm -hmm. seem to, mm -hmm. at least in my experience, eat away at your very soul, whereas for a lot of guys who are virgins in their thirties, yeah, that shit really does eat away at their souls. So if someone had no preferences whatsoever, I would say do women first. But if someone came to me and was like completely steadfast about making money first, which I have a couple of those guys in my coaching program, they've come to me and said, I want you to help me make more money. I don't care about women. I will gently remind them that like dating is a thing. Don't completely mm. neglect it. You're kind of mm. obese right now. Why don't we start losing some weight while you make money? But I'll let them do the money thing first. Like if that's what they really want. And I feel like you'd probably say the same. If some guy's like stubborn and he's not going to listen to you, it's like you'll argue a little bit and then you'll go, whatever, man. Like just as long as you're moving forwards, just understand that I think women first is a better way of doing it. Yeah. So I, I actually recently made a video about this. What was the name of the, what was the topic of the video? Um, I think it was literally just, oh, I think you watched it already or something. It was like, should you chase pussy or money first and then i basically ad tagged hamza and tate and good mm. uh yeah so that one yeah Derek more place yeah more place more data yeah, Derek, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah so in this so here's my point with that and that, that actually came from like one of my one of my clients who uh texted me that hey he just texted me once uh recently or something and he's like hey Gaten, i really want to do I, I just wanted to say i think i've been a really bad coaching client or something recently because i really want to make money i really want to get good with girls i really want to make a great physique and i want to uh, do everything all at once i want to do everything <laughs> yeah. and yet i still you know i still i do them for a little bit or something and then i slack off or something and then fucking I, burnt I mean, out exactly and i'm like and by the way by the way this guy looks like tarzan he looks better than me. He's like obviously way younger than i am <laughs> he's completely natty uh his his results are insane already 
um he already uh, i helped to make his first client sale within the first week over the first three weeks or something of us working together as an 18 year old kid who's never done anything in his life ever. that is so awesome dude yeah holy shit that's what i'm saying my first sales per se or my first own money that wasn't like a paycheck from somebody else you know what i mean probably Mm -hmm. came like two years ago or something like that like two and a half years ago or something yeah me too yeah it took a a long time so and it wasn't a thousand bucks. And it was a lot less than a thousand bucks. So I'm like, dude, you just made your first sale already in the first three weeks of you trying. Because I think that's the biggest part is that like most people either don't try or they try for a little bit and then they stop. And then they yes. think that stopping trying, but I tried like a while ago, means that I'm still trying somehow. I don't know how yeah. that works, but. So yeah, so he yeah, did that. It's like, he, an, it's, it's like an unrealistic expectation of the amount of effort or the amount of time or the amount of work that you might have to put in to get something, they'll fuck around for a week. And we all do this. I've done this in the past. You fuck around for a week. You don't get yeah. the results. And you, you don't go, get but anything. I tried. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, motherfucker, it took me like several years to earn even a dollar from my website. It took me yeah. so many years to get any success with women. So, yeah, it's just sort of an unrealistic expectation. I, I'm guessing you get that with the gym. People come to you and they're like, bro, I want a six pack in the next week or, or the next month. And you're like, son, listen. Oh, hey, yeah. Whoa. So this <laughs> is actually a discussion that I had with you uh, in terms of because uh, I asked you how you're doing. You said like, you know, you're finally into the swing of enjoying getting results. Being like, like consistent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when guys come to me, this is another guy that I have. His name is Carlos. Uh, he used to be obese at one point. And only he's only 18 years old or nine, probably 19 right now, 19 and a half. So he used to be obese at one point, got extremely skinny by running himself into the ground or something, but did it. So, you know, kudos mm-hmm. to him, fantastic work. And then he came to me and he's like, hey, man, I really want to get a six pack. I really want to get started. I don't know how to do it. And it's the same question that everybody else has. So I, I basically had to be like, no, buddy, we have to bulk up. We can because you, you can't carve a pebble. Right? Like you need to yeah, like abs, put on a little bit of mass. <laughs> abs on to- a skinny guy I like. Big tits yeah, on a yeah, fat yeah. chick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is it not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen, right? Yeah. So you need to build some quality mass. And then, because this guy who had previous binge eating or, you know, a bit of an eating disorder uh, flirtation or something, and who lost that much weight, I had to convince this guy to like, yo, we got to go back up again. But trust Which me, you know, I know exactly for a guy that was obese or something. And he's still yeah. not comfortable, comfortable. Like he, because I tell him you're doing fine and we share pictures and we share pictures mm-hmm. in the group. And I'm like, dude, look at yourself. You're 50 pounds. There's a 50 pound difference. And you know, I can't even see it in the sense like I can't see it on your stomach or something. Right. That's a, yeah. which means it's all like lean tissue or something. So that's the best yes. part. Um. So, so yeah. Uh, what was the point there? Oh yeah. So the same thing about like, you know, I want to get results like ASAP. I want to get started in like six, in like three months. Right, so I'm like, dude, we first have to get you really strong and 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 feed you along the entire way, so that you put on like a bunch of mass, and then we can think about finally bringing you back down again. Um, and obviously, people don't like it because you know you want to do it like ASAP, <clears throat> which is sometimes you click with people and sometimes you don't. But like, all I can do is really show them, you know, what's the best method yeah. of doing something. Um, how do we get onto that one? So we got there from the from the outside, which is like, yeah, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this. Um, and at that point I'm like, dude, you've already had great results amongst all of these things. Like in, in terms of girls, he got over his approach anxiety and approached his first couple of girls and stuff like that. And he got hopped on Tinder and they got a couple of texts and everything else. So, you know, stuff like that. I'm like you're already getting great results and everything, but why don't you just pick one thing? Just, just pick one thing 
And let's just focus hard on that. Even if it's only for three months, if you mm-hmm. focus only on one thing for three months, you're probably going to make 10 times more the gains on that thing alone individually. And because you're going to make so much progress and learn so much, and it's going to like feed into you so much in the first three months, you probably might be like, you know what? I'm kind of done with this phase. Like I don't fear it that yeah. much anymore. I know I can yep. do it or, you know, it's just a matter of time or something. And then you would yourself probably want to move into whatever the yep. next phase or something is. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, no. So my, my personal preferences are always girls first, which is another thing that all, also um, Chris himself goes into the same thing and Derek more puts hmm. more dates also goes into the exact same thing. Just get your women phase, getting, getting your chasing pussy face and stuff done first. As somebody that's like 28 or 20, it started off at 29 or something. <clears throat> it was hard. Undoubtedly, it was hard at the age of 29, but I'm still not that old. Like 29 is fine. Like, I mean, I, I'm thinking even, you know what, for that matter, it's like maybe even 35 is fine. Uh, at the end of the day, any age is fine if you're going to have to do it. Yeah. At the, at the end of it, any age is going to be fine if you're going to, if you're going to have sure. to do it. Yeah. But the thing is, I would assume it's, it's still fine. But a little bit hard for like a 35-year-old. But if you get 40, 45 or higher, I think by 40, most people think that they've already lived an entire lifetime. And this is just rock solid who I am. There's no way. Girls are just not meant to be in my life. You know, something like that. Yeah, you can start telling yourself those limiting beliefs. But for some reason, they seem to happen a lot less with money. Like people who are... Yeah, you seem to tell yourself a lot less stories about money. Whereas if you don't have a decent dating life, a lot of people will take that personally. Women will do the same mm-hmm. thing. You'll say there must be something wrong with me. But if you don't have money in your life, for the most part, people are like, oh, well, I'm just lazy or I need to just work harder or I just have to ask for a promotion or I just need oh, to just start Everybody business. has a hard time with money except for those yeah. few people that we see up there. Everybody yeah. has a hard time with money. You don't tend to, and I know there'll be exceptions to this and some people do, but yeah, for the most part, people don't tell themselves like a personally identifying story of like, I don't have much money, therefore I'm not a good person. But people will do that with dating. They'll say, I don't have anyone in my life. I must be invalid. I must be a loser. Mm -hmm. I mustn't deserve. I deserve to be lonely and miserable and sad and shit. So I think that's maybe another case for doing the women's stuff first is, you know, you handle that self-esteem. I think it increases your self-esteem a lot more than maybe money does. Money's great. Money's fantastic, but you can still be very lonely with money. And let's be clear, like having a lot of women in your life or getting laid a lot doesn't necessarily handle all of your problems. But if you do it the way that, if you do it the way that you and I talk about where it's like in a self-improvement way, which maybe I could answer your, your initial question of like money or women first, I'd say self-improvement first, but What I mean by that is in order for you to chase women, you are going to, and this applies to women too, who don't have any men that, you know, will commit to them. You're going to have to chase self-improvement first. Like that's the pathway to women. Whereas I think for money, you don't have to improve yourself as much. So I think you learn a lot less with money. You evolve as a person a lot less with money than you will for the most part with women. Women kind of forces you, especially if you're obese. It's like, son, you got to address that. And that's not mm-hmm. just like, I need to lose weight. It's like, no, I need to figure out why I didn't like myself enough to get this obese in the first place. And I have to handle that. If I'm going to walk up to women and expect them to like me, let alone love me, I got to learn to like or love myself. I can't hate myself and expect that women will want to be with me. That's hypocritical. It just doesn't work. And mm-hmm. so you're kind of forced into this <laughs> self-improvement like funnel where you have to kind of get your shit together to some extent. I don't think that happens as much with money. 
it can a little bit for some guys, but yeah, I think that's another reason why I would say women first is like, you have to evolve and become a better person. And then after that, you're in a good position to make money versus doing it the opposite way. You can be a completely self-hating person and still make a lot of money. I don't think you can be a completely self-hating person and really handle your sex or your dating life. I just don't think it works like that. Because people can mm -hmm. tell them they don't want to be around you. So when you said, um, you know, getting girls or something and getting that part, <clears throat> isn't going to like sort your life out forever or something. I understand what you're saying and what you mean by that. But I also feel simply because of the amount of value or the amount of change that pickup and game brought into my life and how much it made a difference for me. I feel like, I feel like the answer is actually no. Yes, it will. Getting girls will actually help you sort your entire life out because it has for me. And, um, it literally, I, I feel like, um, I think I put, put that, put this in that video. <clears throat> hmm. Here's the other thing. Most of these questions that people keep asking, should I do this? Should I do this? Is also just another form of procrastination and fear. Oh, like yeah, it's, which is basically sure, just another yes. form of approach anxiety in the first place, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. you're going to have to go out and do it at some point. And they're like, no, no, I'm going to make some money first and I'll get higher quality women and then I'll go and work on it. And I got to add more muscle gotta, in the gym and yeah. I got to do this and I got to get better clothes yeah, yeah, and yeah. I got to fix my teeth and do that stuff. Sure. But do that while yeah, you're yeah, talking yeah. to women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because here's the other thing. So this is when you said the whole thing about money, you can also just not be this person in real life. Hey, hi there. Excuse me. Hi there. I just, I really thought, I'm sorry, I don't want to disturb your day or something. But I just thought you were really cute. And, uh, you know, I just, I'm sorry, I didn't want to disturb your day or something, but I just wanted to see how this goes. You can't be that guy either. Right? You, you have to be the guy that goes like, yo, what's up? I thought you had a really cute smile. My name is Keita. You know, something like that. You know what I mean? There's, sure. a, there's a huge difference between the person that does not believe in himself, that does not think that he is worth the per the person for other people to like take time out of their lives to get to know him or her, you know, and that, that they're confident enough in themselves. Like, yo, no, I find you sexy. I find you attractive. I love your mm -hmm. curves. You know, like I, I just go up and say, like, I love your curves, like something like that. And in order to be that person, like I had to hammer it into me, like fucking so many goddamn times. And I, when I first started off, I did that thing, the whole, <clears throat> now you like this guy too, Dr. K healthy gamer. Yep. yep. Right. I used to love him. I really like 40% of his work. I love it. The rest of it only recently I've started disliking him. And he had this, this, he had two podcasts. Actually, they were really interesting. One was on some guy who, who spent $8,000 on pickup coaches and stuff. And I think that podcast was fucking amazing. That guy was a fucking legend. He was a guy with a lisp and, you know, just an actual proper like nerd or geek or something with a lisp and just kind of like, you know that he probably didn't have the best time in school and social circles and stuff like that. But this guy put in $8,000 amongst so many different coaches and worked so hard to, to try and get the results that he wanted to get and stuff. So um, I had like massive respect for that guy. You should watch that podcast if you haven't or if anybody should if they haven't. But yeah, so he actually went through the exact same thing. Like this is how you approach a girl. You just go like, hey, excuse me. I'm sorry. Uh, I know that you're busy or blah, 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 blah. And then I didn't want to disturb your day, but, but I just thought you were absolutely gorgeous or something and do this. I'm like, that's the worst pickup fucking, it'll work still. Because if the girl likes you, she'll still take it. But why are you apologizing for taking somebody else's time? Why are you apologizing for telling her that you find her attractive? That's totally fine, dude. You have fucking balls. That's okay. You can just tell her that you find her attractive. Um, why are you apologetic about all, half of this fucking shit and acting, acting so fucking beta and shit, right? 
and i had to understand every single one of those things through over the 1000 plus approaches that i did and i'm the exact same person whether i'm on sales calls whether i'm networking with guys that are making millions and millions per month or something i'm the exa- i'm in the exact same room as them and talking to them you know i can look at them straight in the eyes and like and just be grounded in who i am like i know my worth and i know my value and just because you have a bigger bank account doesn't make you more valuable than i am you know you know all of those things but that's all inner game based stuff and that inner game based stuff um this is where i was coming back to again <clears throat> i think previously for guys to turn into men <clears throat> they ha- i still have that goal bro i'm sorry <laughs> i still have like that that's right i'm getting over mine as well so that's fine <clears throat> yeah um so yeah you, you know what like uh guys used to have this uh or boys used to have the what's that thing called the traditional ceremonial something where they turn into men and that the would be like passage rites of passage thing the rites of passage thing right it would be either go hunt a boar or kill an animal or mm. stay in the jungle for like a week or or for others, it used to be literally go to war. Like 50, like 40, 50 years ago, it was literally fucking go to war. That's how you become a man, right? And I think in, I'm not even joking. In today's day and age, honest to God, I think doing pickup and game and just going out there and approaching people. Like you can approach girls because I think that's the highest difficulty, I think, maybe. Mm. Uh, you know, because I would say like guys probably find it easier to talk to other guys. But going out there and breaking the ice with random strangers and being confident in yourself while you're doing it and not letting any kind of rejection or any kind of anything like get to you. I honest to God think that in today's day and age in 2022, 2023, that is the right of passage for men or boys. To a large extent. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of them for sure. <clears throat> Definitely throwing it to the, the deep end. A hundred percent because these, I mean, I could go so deep into it, but yeah. Um, yeah. I could go so deep into it. It's just everything, dude, abundance mindset, your, your own self value and self worth. Um, what's the other thing? Like getting through rejection versus not, it took me 300 approaches, like legitimately 300 approaches because I log my approaches and stuff. So it took me 300 approaches and I realized on the 300th approach that my, my approach was still, Hey, please like me, please like me, please like me. I need your approval. I need your love. Yeah. There's a really good book you'd like that I found on the street. I was like literally begging for her approval. And yeah. And if you don't like me, then my whole world gets shattered and I fall apart. Yeah. Yeah. There's a really good book called I need your love. Is that true? By Byron Katie talks about exactly this concept, but yeah, I had to go through that myself as well. Approaching women, talking to people that you don't know really is the way of dissolving your own ego, a way of you basically saying, I'm just not that special. Like, just because I think she's the loveliest, hottest, most amazing woman in the world doesn't mean she feels the same way about me. Just because I want to sleep with her, I don't get what I want. Like, that's that's a big hit to the ego. That's a huge hit to the ego. You have to go through this almost like, yeah, I agree, it's a rite of passage. It's, it's this very transformative experience. It was for me going through this, I want you to like me. Please give me what I want. Please, please, please. Like, I need this. I, you know, just will you be nice to me? Will you just give me a phone number? Getting that completely shattered and realizing no matter how much you're vibing with a girl, no matter how much you're feeling chemistry or something, they might not be feeling chemistry or they might be feeling chemistry, but, oh, I'm sorry, I have a boyfriend or I'm sorry, I don't talk to, I don't give my number out to strangers. You'd get that a million times. You're having a great conversation with a woman. You're fucking touching her. You're holding hands. You're feeling like this is going great. And then she just goes, I'm sorry, I don't give my number to strangers. And you're like, but I thought we're vibing and it's like, yeah, I'm sorry we were, but no, I don't have to give you exactly everything that you want. So it's a very 
it's a very humbling experience talking to women for sure. And there's probably another reason why it benefits you so much is because you realize, sorry, you're just not that fucking special. You're not. And then you have to deal with that and go, okay, how can I feel special? What do I need to do to feel special? These people, as in other people, external people, are not going to give me that feeling of I'm special. If I want that, I need to earn that myself. I need to be able to look into my own eyes in the mirror and say, yeah, I fucking love what I see. I love myself. Yeah, I have to earn that. That could be self-improvement. It usually is. It can be improving your body at the gym. It can be just talking to more women. That solves a lot of the problems. Realizing, okay, 100 women don't like me, but the 101st woman really does. Cool. I'm likable. One in 100 people will think I'm amazing. If 99 think I'm not, that's cool. Now I just have to screen for that one woman, figure out who I like and who likes me, and those are the people I go with. There's a bit of that. There's obviously making friends. You know, I mentioned going to the gym. It's all this sort of like internal work, as you call it, or internal game, as you call it. I call it like self-esteem or what we're saying the same shit. But yeah, this really is a process of you building yourself up first and foremost. That was what I was saying when I said just going out and getting laid a lot doesn't make you a better person on itself. Like it won't solve all your problems. There has to be that self-improvement base there. And I think most guys get that. But I've seen a few guys just get kind of lost in the weeds and go, oh, all I need to care about is getting laid. And it's like, yeah, but how are you going to get laid a lot? You want to improve yourself. And they miss that fundamental part right there. They're like, but can't I just go and cold approach a thousand women as I am right now, dressing really shit with no muscle and I don't really like myself. And as you said, I'm apologetic when I hit on them. Oh, I'm, look, I'm really sorry to bother you. Like, I'm, I'm so sorry that I'm being annoying right now. Like, it's fine if you want to do that for the first 50 approaches, but like drop that as soon as you possibly can because that's not helping you. But yeah, I've seen a few guys that are sort of almost, they don't like themselves. And I don't think that they've realized that that's the first crucial step, as you say, internal game to getting to this point where women as a whole like you or people as a whole like you. There is that self-improvement base. I think you got that by default, but I really want to underline that just getting laid a lot by itself without the self-improvement, you have to have that self-improvement tacked in there. Yeah. I'm forgetting which part this was. Like, this was somewhere in one of the things that we discussed. <clears throat> but it was, again, about, like, why I, I try and want these young guys to go through the stuff first. I feel is because a lot of guys nowadays are just getting blackpilled. And that's what he Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's it. They're yeah, just full on like depression. <laughs> Women suck. It's no hope yes. for you. Society fucking hates you. Yes. Self improvement isn't a concept. Everyone who says yeah, it's all fake. Is just it's all false. It's just that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Dude, Don't be this positive. I, this, just be negative. This is what I pulled up. <clears throat> hey, bro. So this is his brother. I have another guy who it was a black pill incel. Like his own words. I have his testimonial that says I was a black pill incel. And this is his brother. Uh, who, by the way, then we ended up working together and like got him jacked and got him laid, right? Awesome. This is his brother. Awesome. Hey, bro, just wanted to say that I'm grateful for the content you post about your journey. <clears throat> if it wasn't for you, there is a good chance I would have been blackpilled and not believed that I can change. So literally both both brothers. And when people come to you, they don't tell you that I'm blackpilled, right? They don't tell you that I don't have any... They might they might have less faith or something or something in themselves, but they don't tell you that I'm a black belt incel person or something, right? Because that has a huge negative stigma to it. But in their head, they're defeated and they feel like that, right? Yeah, it's it's hopelessness. Yeah, <clears throat> you showed me that no matter where you start, you can have a better life by putting by being more disciplined and putting the work in. Also, to work mm -hmm. with yourself and not against yourself. Thank you, bro. 
but that's, that's another deep, thing. man. That's that's pretty impressive. That's pretty deep. And that's the fun part about doing what I do because I generally target 16 or you know 16 18 to like 25 tops. Those are the mm-hmm. guys that I'm generally always making content for. And it surprises me how many of these guys are black belt. I mean, if you went through a, you went through an education system that doesn't care about you very much. Yeah. I I felt pretty black pilled after school too. I feel like I might have been black pilled too. Like literally when we start off on the discussion that we're going to have right now, I honestly feel like to some extent I would have been black pilled too. I just, I don't even know what the word is because, because I obviously did think that there was hope, which is why I did everything I did. Right. Cause Mm -hmm. if I was stuck in the black pill and cell thing and like, I was that thing that there is no hope. I would have never even tried, I feel. But yeah, you know, let's uh, let's get into that. <clears throat> so my apologies, my Zoom, it seems, is not pro or something. Do you mind if I just call you back and we continue from the next question? From let's do it, big boy. There's definitely one more question that I really want to ask you. I don't know if we should do this first or if we should do this as the last thing. Uh, I feel like maybe we should do, as, do it as the last thing. Is like, why do you do what you do? Because I myself, because I do the same thing that you do. Right, mm-hmm. I do the same thing that John Sonmez does, Hamza does, Andrew Tate does, blah blah blah. It's all self improvement and everything else. And mm-hmm. I had this question in my head: is like, why does it matter if I do what I do? And I'm wondering. What do you mean? What do you mean by why does it matter? Position, like, so okay, let's actually get into it then. <clears throat> like, okay. what if I didn't exist? It's one of those things because this is this is an actual genuine thing. Um, I've of course been super motivated in so many different things in my life when I did them. When I was doing pickup and then I was doing bodybuilding and wanted to get into stage condition. <clears throat> and the first time I wanted to make some money, I wanted to go gung ho hard into making money. <clears throat> Sometimes it's just chasing a game. I'm not even lying. The past few days that I've been playing a game, I wanted to wake up just to play the game. And I was like, holy shit, I want to do that. You know, but mm-hmm. there's this there's a certain that spark thing in my life about like, woo, I'm fucking up. Let's do this. Let's fucking, you know, let's go mm-hmm. crush it. But why go crush it? What for go crush it? I like helping people. And I love doing what I do because I think at the end of the day, I'm always doing it at the end of the day for that 18 year old Gaten that, you know, was way back in, in Manipal down south and who was fucking black belt, who never got girls, who never had a physique, who never had money, who never had friends and all that kind of shit and never knew where to go, what to do or something and just had a fucking crappy, miserable life all the way until like Mm -hmm. 28, 29 or something until I did mushrooms. And then I still figured it out, figured it out by myself. It's not like anybody else helped me still, but at least I kind of figured out what to go for, what work to put in and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. now here's what I was thinking. I'm pretty like, I guess you're small too. I guess I don't know, but like, you know, we're 3000 subs or 4,000 subs or something. This Hamza dudes is like 1.56 mil. Derek said 1.56 mil. Tate said, the whole world mill and blah, blah, blah. And there's so many other guys that are doing it. And they're also obviously helping people. So Mm -hmm. this was a question that I had for myself. Why does it even Mm -hmm. matter if I do what I do or I don't? Like if I literally just died off tomorrow, is the world really going to be any different? And what value or purpose did I bring to the world? If anything. That's a very deep question. That's a question only you can answer. If you're asking for my answer, I can answer that. Sure. So yeah. So what makes you motivated to do it? Like, why do you think you have a, what's the thing? What's, what's your thing, I guess. So let's start off by saying if I died tomorrow, would the world keep on turning? Of course, I'm just not that fucking special. Even if I was motherfucking Teresa or Gandhi or Martin Luther King or someone who has a big impact on the world, 
Albert Einstein, eventually I'll get forgotten. You know, there's that saying, we, we have two deaths. The first death is when you actually die. The second death is when the last person ever speaks your name ever again. So I don't think I'm that special. <clears throat> Why do I do what I do? Because I went through a good eight or nine years of just utter depression, hopelessness, being suicidal. You know, I went to jail. I've talked about all of this on my YouTube channel. And I was in the deepest, darkest pit of despair that I could ever possibly imagine that any human being would ever be in. And coming out of that stuff, a lot of people helped me. Good Looking Loser was one of them. But before that, you know, psychologists and my parents and a lot of books that I read, a lot of self-help stuff that I read, a lot of doctors, a lot of people helped me. And having gone through that pain and understanding the dark abyss where you literally think there's no hope and you don't even think you're good enough to kill yourself. You literally don't think you deserve to kill yourself because you think I'm such a piece of shit. I should stay here and keep suffering to go from that to a very joyful, grateful, abundant, happy life, which is, you know, what I'm at right now. I want to help as many people as I possibly can. I don't like the idea of someone sitting there in that darkness, in that abyss. And if I can save one soul or help one person or lift one person up so they don't have to go through the same pain that I went through, fucking hell, I'll spend the rest of my life doing that. And so I've never really worried about like how many views do I have? How many subscribers do I have? I never really even expected a single person to listen. It was just this person is right in front of me right now. They're telling me their pain. Can I help with that? And I've always just tried to look as small as I possibly can, <clears throat> like at the person who's right in front of me rather than the big picture. Because, yeah, if I think about the big picture, yeah, I'll answer the exact same way you just did, which is like, I'm just not that special. When I'm dead, mm -hmm. it probably won't matter. I'm not as big as other people. I don't know if I'll make a big impact on the world. But it's never really been my mission. It's always been I was in that dark place. And if one person tells me they're in a dark place, I want to help them with that. So. That's why I do what I do. I don't really feel like I have a choice. I feel like so many people helped me that it's like, I got to fucking pay that back. And there is some karmic stuff there for me as well. I wasn't a very nice person in the past. I just was not very nice to people. I was quite abusive and quite horrible. And for the rest of my life, I would like to atone for that. And it's not that I'm sitting there like flagellating myself or something or saying I'm a bad person, but it's more every moment there's air in my lungs I want to do some good. I want to give some value. I want to help one person. I want to, I don't know, give whatever of myself I can possibly give. I wouldn't be surprised if you feel exactly the same. You just probably haven't like thought about it more. And maybe that's your answer. Go sit in the fucking woods for a week and think, why am I doing this? Like this can't just yeah. be for money because there's easier ways to make money. This <laughs> is a dumb way to make money, by the way. This yeah, takes yeah. a lot out of your soul to help people. <laughs> it fucking takes a lot to help people. It really does. This is a stupid way for you to make money. So I don't believe it's money for you. I think that's probably driving you a little bit. It does for me too. But yeah, no, so that was the other thing. Is like once I once I I had like a certain target in my so I joined like this business mastermind thing. And I even made mm -hmm. a video about this too. <clears throat> and I joined this business mastermind thing to kind of like figure out how to make money. And they taught me. Like they they taught me how to make money. <clears throat> and I had a certain mm -hmm. goal that I wanted to hit. And I reached that goal within like six months or something. Actually, maybe last four or five months. And of course, I was over the moon for like a little bit for like two or three months. But I don't have any expensive taste. I never buy anything. I never utilize it or spend it. And like yeah. all the money that I have is gone. 
and the only two things that I have to show for it, like physical specimen things to show for it, are one's my PS5, which is still collecting dust and never really use it. And one's like a new graphic card that I bought, like a 3090 Ti, which costs like three, four, five grand. Everything else is either in somebody else's coaching or like sales training or like this training or like some other reinvestment or something or mm-hmm. the other else, which basically comes back into myself, right? Mm-hmm. Like our bodybuilding coaching and stuff like that. <clears throat> and that's pretty much it. So even when I made the money thing, that's, that's when this thing like hit me really hard once again. So, because when I was making the money, I still knew like the way to make money is to help people. Like that's how you do it. Mm-hmm. You make money by Give helping value. People. Yep. people. Yeah, exactly. People exchange value with you in terms yes. of like giving currency and money for the help that you're giving them. So I understood that part. But then when I heard, when I hit that certain milestone in terms of money, it kind of just went away. That that motivation, inspiration thing kind of just like just went away. And I just still don't know what, like I don't know. Um, I do, do things because know? I enjoy them. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know about that. I just feel like I, I, I just feel like maybe you should know. I feel. What if you, what if you didn't have the thought that I should know, that I have to know? What if that wasn't even a thought in your head? What if you were just too dumb and too ignorant? Doing, yeah. And just keep enjoying exactly everything that I'm doing, yeah. I feel like that's, at least for me, my meaning of life. I don't have some big overarching meaning of life. The only reason that I help people is because it feels good. The only reason I do coaching is because it feels good. The only reason I do coaching uh, content is because it feels good. And if that ever stops being the case, I'll find something else that feels good. I feel like we're all just kind of dumb animals on this rock figuring out making up meanings of life right for some people it's religion it's god other people it's jesus for some people it's i want to help people for some people it's i want to make as much money as i can i want to get laid a lot i want to be dan bolzerian and and have a cool fantastic famous life for other people it's i just want to be really fucking humble and just be the best mother that i can be and i won't have Mm. any grand visions i'll just focus on that you know that part i i kind of completely got it I completely got why most people don't have that thing when you can suddenly wake up and be like, what is the purpose or something? Because everybody They have it. They just kids. have it on a small, yeah. like humble <clears throat> scale of like, I will love my children. No, no, that is their purpose. Being yep. a mother is their purpose. Like, I want to be the best mother that I want to be or the dad's yep. like, I want to be the best dad that I want to be. Like, so that's his purpose. Whether he likes it, doesn't like it, has a good day, has a bad day. He has that major purpose, something pushing him every day. Which is where I feel like, which is why I feel like that's important. Because if you don't have that thing, then on certain bad days or days that you're not feeling up to it or something like that, you don't really have something that's like really, really driving you. Because like, what is the point whether you do it or you don't do it? Sure. And then the worst that happens is you sit there and then just do nothing and feel a little depressed <laughs> from time to time. I go through those periods. Yeah. And then I just keep going. Like, like <laughs> nothing really catastrophic or terrible happens. You get what I mean? I think maybe mm. if you take some of this pressure off yourself that you have to have the answer or you have to have your purpose. I did a podcast recently on my Spotify called um, How to Find Your Purpose When You Don't Have a Purpose. And oh, okay. one of the points that I made is if you genuinely don't know what your fucking purpose is, well, what are you going to do? Sit there and stare at the wall and get really frustrated or yeah, get on yeah. with life? It's like Just those are your something. two choices. Just do something. Yeah. yeah, And when you do something, you're going to do something that you like doing because what is, what is the point There's, of doing something you don't like doing? There's a a concept in religion. I've been reading like a ton of religious books recently because like, fuck, man, I used to just ignore religion for the longest time. And I was like, oh, you're dumb if you're religious. Like you're literally stupid. 
And then yeah. I've, I've come full circle and I've started reading some of the religious texts and I'm like, wait, there's some fucking wise stuff in here. This stuff is self-improvement. When these motherfuckers are talking about prayer, I just replace it with the word meditation. I'm like, oh shit, that makes mm. sense. When they talk about God, I just replace it with the word like life. I completely agree too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, makes yeah. sense. Anyway, anyway, there's this book called The Dark Night of the Soul. It's written by this guy called St. John of the Cross. And the whole point that he's, he's making there, Mother Teresa talked about the same shit in some of her books, is the dark night of the soul is you basically saying, I don't know what my purpose is. And so it's this feeling of like darkness, like, like there's nothing in your soul. It's empty. You don't have some purpose. In this case, these people were, they felt like they were out of touch with like God. They felt like God has abandoned me. You know, I'm sitting here praying and God just doesn't give a fuck. In your case, it's, it's, it could be a case of, I don't know what my purpose is, or I'm just not what, sure what the fuck I'm here for. That's your dark night of the soul. And as mm-hmm. they talk about in these books, your only fucking mission is to just keep waking up every day and just fucking wait. Like it, you can call that faith, but I call it like, what the hell else are you going to do? Yeah, You're not, yeah. not going to kill yourself because you don't have a purpose. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I'm sorry, bitch. You don't get to know your purpose yet. That is like, the question. So that's the thing. That's exactly it. Like what like, you, what you brought in is exactly what I'm trying to think too. Because uh, when I went through the same phase, the, see, I'm literally thinking as an agnostic, right? There's no major meaning. There's no ultimate meaning. There's no God. There's no nothing. There is no meaning. Like if I literally kill myself tomorrow, which I don't want to or anything, but if I were to like just kill myself because there's no mission, no purpose, no enjoyment or something, then it doesn't even matter because there is no God or there's nothing, right? Like I can do it if I want to do it, which is where mm-hmm. I was literally thinking about all the other is like, I completely understand why people are religious, because my my <clears throat> my girlfriend's a strict Christian, mm-hmm. like she she uh, wakes up in the in the morning and prays. She before going to bed she prays, and I think uh, in b- between food or something else she prays as well. So she prays mm-hmm. all the time, which is meditation and staying with her own thoughts. Right? She does yep. that, and then she forgives people when they make mistakes or something. Which is what even as an agnostic person we learn this in self improvement. Why are you carrying hate? Let the person go. That person doesn't matter or something. You know all those tricks that I teach people. Are just saying things that religious people, they're just like, there's so much wisdom in religion. Yeah, man. It's insane. You know? Yeah. 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 I'm going like, no, dude, let it, let it go. Like this is a discussion that I was having with my friend and he was like, man, I'm having an argument and you know, this person knows that they did this and I know that they did this and they know that they did this and we're having like a back and forth. I'm like, why does it matter though? And he's like, yeah, because like, because he wronged me. I'm like, dude, you know that he wronged you. He's like, yes. You know, he knows also that he wronged you. Like he knows that. It's not like he doesn't know that. He does. He's like, yes. So then if you know that, why is that not good enough for you to like just go to bed at night? Because you already know that he wronged you and he knows that he wronged you. He's just trying to like, what is that? Ego fluff or something. All they're trying to do is like, you know, put a face on or something. But they know they wronged you. You know that he's wronged you. So why does it matter? Which is the same thing that God is. He's like, if you wrong me, God knows that you wronged me. So it doesn't, I don't have to have that hate inside my heart for you or something. I can let forgive and let be like, you know, he's going to take care of it or something like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Dude, or, all of that or stuff he won't, sense. or he won't, but why the fuck do I give a shit what happens in his life? That's people get become very vindictive, right? They're like, this guy wronged me. So he needs to be punished. It's like, bro, all that time you're spending punishing that other person is you not focusing on yourself. You're not building yourself up. You're not being with the people you care about. You're not having positive thoughts. You're not working on your own self-improvement. It's like, haven't you got shit to do? 
Like, don't yeah, you have yeah. stuff to do? Do you re- Is your life, you know, Jordan Peterson talks about this. Is your life really that perfect that you can walk around telling other people? Yeah, how yeah, they yeah, should yeah. Be? Like, is it, <laughs> yeah. have you handled everything in your fucking life that you're just sitting there fucking yeah, yeah, perfect? Yeah. You've made your bed. You've just, you've made all the money you want to make. Your family responsibilities are handled. You're happy. You're loving. You're giving. You know, you <laughs> give to charity or whatever it is that you want to give. Like, everything is perfect. And now you get to walk around and just tell people who's done wrong or who's done right. There's a, yeah. another really good saying that I love that's said as a joke by a woman called Byron Katie, who I, I love. She says, who needs God when we have your opinion? And people will, do, people will walk around like that, right? Like, like I, I get to say yeah. who's good, who's wrong, who's bad. This guy's fucked up. That guy did the wrong thing. He shouldn't be like that. You shouldn't have wronged me. You shouldn't be over there. That yeah, car yeah, shouldn't yeah. have cut me off in traffic. Yeah, and at the yeah, end of yeah. the day, when you think all of that shit, it fucking hurts. It's not exactly, like you feel yeah. good while you're having those exactly, thoughts. It's yeah. painful. It sucks. It doesn't feel good. That right there is all the evidence that I ever need that I don't want to be, or I want to try my hardest not to be too judgmental because it just fucking hurts. I don't really give a fuck if it's moral or, you know, God says it's wrong or religion says no. I don't care. It hurts. I don't want to do stuff that hurts. Why would I ever want to do stuff that hurts? That's insane. And so maybe that's to tie it back. You know, when you're saying, I'm not really sure what my purpose is, maybe for a while your purpose can just be, I will do stuff that doesn't hurt. I will do stuff that feels good. If helping yeah. people feels good, fuck it, I'll do that. If giving money to a homeless dude feels good, fuck it, I'll do that. If making a lot of money so then I can feel secure and happy in myself and meeting a lot of women so I can feel good in myself, if that feels good, and as long as I'm not hurting them, because that doesn't feel good in yourself, mm-hmm. fuck it, I'll do that. I yep, feel like that's, yep. a, again, all we're really here for is to do the stuff that feels good. Now we could get into a discussion of not doing the stuff that feels good right in the moment. Because if we only do the stuff that feels good, I'd jerk off to porn, I'd drink whiskey, I'd probably shoot heroin straight into my arm because fuck it, that'll feel good. So you do have to temper that with like stuff that feels good in the long term. But yeah, I feel like doing stuff that feels good yeah, or that helps you be a happier human being, I feel like that's at least a decent template. Someone's yeah. going to clip that and take that completely out of context and be like, oh, so I should go and steal money from people and hurt people because that feels good. It's like, does that feel good long term? No. But- yeah. So so it's funny that you brought that up because that's the other – I was literally thinking when I was you know in the dumps and just thinking like what's the meaning, what's the purpose and I don't have any. So these are the two, three things that I came up with. One's like most mm-hmm. people don't have this issue. <clears throat> here's Here's three reasons why people don't have these issues. One, barely does anybody on the planet have enough money to think about – you're worried about the low level you're worried about that right now dude how do i pay roof shelter clothing for tomorrow like you worry about that kind of shit so why are you going to think about like the oh what's the grand scheme of things blah 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 blah. you know that it doesn't even come to your head the second is people have kids you have kids everything else is second priority that your kids are always top priority you need to take them buy them school this everything is your kids right Mm -hmm. then i was like yeah dude it makes sense religion because if i didn't have religion see i don't have an answer right now <clears throat> but had I had religion, it's always a blind faith answer. Oh, I'm sure he knows or she knows. I'm sure they'll find a way. Or I just, I don't know what it is, but they'll figure it out. You know, shit like that. Mm-hmm. Then it comes to the whole, what you just said about short-term gratification, buying, cheating, lying, stealing, drugs, all that kind of stuff. And that comes into two things. So when people like, when they, you know, like when somebody wrongs somebody else and or even they commit a sin, they're like, oh, you committed a sin or you wronged somebody else. God knows he's watching. He's looking, right? But it's not he who's watching. It's my own head that's watching. It's the guy in the mirror that's watching. your consciousness. Ah, dude, I fucking stole this money from this person. Or, ah, you know, I did this thing when I shouldn't have done that thing. I lied to this person. And 
you can kind of extrapolate, and, and this is where I love using terms like God, even though I'm not religious. You say, like, it's not God that's watching. It kind of is. Here's what I mean. If you go around wronging a bunch of people, when people say, like, God is watching, it's more like this. Every fucking other motherfucker out there is watching you. People aren't stupid. People aren't retarded. They can see what you're doing. And if you yeah. build a business, for instance, on manipulation and lying, or if you build a sex life on manipulation, lying, cheating, trying to get what you want, other people eventually figure that out because they're not blind. And so instead of saying like God is watching, it's more like the, the, I use the word the universe usually instead of God. The, the, whole the universe is watching. Thing. Yeah. The, yeah, the world is watching. Karma isn't just some made-up, like, bullshit. It's like, no, people are paying attention. They're not retarded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you go around yeah, screwing yeah. a bunch of people, they'll go, well, fuck this. I'm going to leave him yeah, a one-star yeah. review on his Google, and then no one's yeah. going to fucking come to his <clears throat> business because he's a dickhead. I'm going to try yeah, and yeah, drag yeah. him down rather than build him up. So, yeah, yeah, I, I completely get the concept that you're saying. It's like, <clears throat> it's not that God's watching. I mean, maybe there is a God. How the fuck do I know? Yeah, exactly. How do we know? There's yeah. a lot of people watching. There's a lot yeah, of people yeah. watching. And the one other thing that I, I honestly found this to be like one of the best things actually about the whole religion thing. So of course people abuse this too, of course, because as human beings, we find methods of abusing everything. <coughs> but when you commit a sin, right, you do lie, you do cheat, you steal, kill, blah, blah, whatever. You do something bad, right? And generally, if you're an agnostic, now I got to fucking live with that forever. Because, like, I know that I did that shit five years ago or ten years ago, and I'm, ne I'm never kind of, like, getting over that, per se. Yeah, but it's like that a stain is, on my soul. Yes, and I know it. Like, th these, I change country, change, move, change you know, this, this, everything changed. But I'm the only person that knows it, right? So it's always in me. That, I think that thing is brilliant, too, because, you know, everybody in self-improvement and self-development and mental health say the same thing. It's like, you got to forgive yourself for the old shit that you did when you were, like, X, Y, Z years old. Because you're not the yep. same... The fact that you regret it means that you're not the same person at this point. So why are you and still going to make up for it? And you want to yeah. make up for it, right? Which is what you said. Like you want to do well for all the things that you did wrongly in the past yeah. or something. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's where the whole forgiveness in church and stuff and repenting your sin thing comes in. Because mm -hmm. they genuinely do believe that my sins have actually been washed away from me. So I get like a new clean slate, right? Because they genuinely believe and have faith in whoever they have faith in. So that's what we try and teach or I try and understand is like, even if you don't believe in like this higher power, at least help yourself by doing this thing, because that's exactly the same thing. You got to forgive yourself for no matter what wrong you do or something. And again, you have to be human because you're going to make mistakes as well. You might do wrong again, maybe on purpose, maybe not on purpose or something, but all you can keep doing is reducing that fraction or something possibility as much as you possibly can. Um, so that thing came to my head too. The whole sinning thing and forgiveness from sin thing. I was like, dude, this is fucking brilliant. But this, it's all the same thing. It's all like mental health stuff. Like the same, you said prayer. What is, it is literally meditation. That's all it is. It is literally it's meditation. Gratitude. Yeah. It is yeah. literally gratitude. Yeah. Thank you, God, for giving me this. Or just thank you for, you know, giving me this. It's literally mm -hmm. gratitude. It's the exact same thing. Um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I was like, it, I completely get it. I completely, and community. Community is a big one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I don't have any friends. Like, I find it incredibly hard to make. All my friends are in New York. Like, all my friends are in New York, right? And I find it really hard to find friends that are in self-improvement and kind of like positive and all that kind of stuff. So it makes it hard. Like, I try and make friends in the gym. It does work, doesn't work, you know, something like that. So I still keep trying, but I'm still suffering. But literally, community, like a church. And if you don't find people in your one church, literally walk over to that church. 
walk over to that church, walk over to that church. You know, it's the same thing. But like it's community, you actually find somebody else through like a certain common ground and you're not going to be reading the Bible with them. All. You're probably going to chill with them, drink beers, have fun, whatever it might be, but you actually make friends through the church. So I was like, it, it completely makes sense why this thing exists. Like from like a rational, logical standpoint, even though I don't believe in religion, I can completely understand why these things exist and why they keep on moving forward. Yeah, it's a blueprint or it's a template of not just how to live your life, but it's it's a template of self-improvement if if you take it literally as it's supposed to be. Most religions have a lot of stuff in there of like how to be a more pious or a better person, like how to give you know value to the community, you know, feed the poor, look after the homeless, all of that kind of stuff, love and forgive other people like spread the word of God that all of this stuff is basically like a self-improvement project. It's, yeah. it's a map or a template of how to improve yourself. And I think if you don't have that, which you don't, it's like, you got to come up with your own map then. Yeah. And spreading like, the word make, of God, make your own Bible. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. Well, I don't dude. I have so many books to come up with. I actually don't even know where to start, where to begin. I probably have like a Bible or I don't know if it's a Bible or like, like a how-to instruction manual for Indian engineers, Indian skinny twig ectomorph engineers. Yeah, how, how here's to, everything to do. Here's how, how to, to work your women. entire life out. Yeah, because there's Fitness, a yeah. billion other like a hundred percent. I think you could write a Bible, man. I think you could. You like start that project, <laughs> and in writing, so it, I, you you think I'm joking, but like in writing it, it might it might give you some of these answers. I plan on doing it. I plan on writing my own. I won't call it a Bible, but like a self-help book and I'm going to make it completely yeah, yeah, free. Yeah. And it's just going to like, like all the tenets of, of the things that I found important, like, you know, fitness, health, mental health, you know, women, money, friends, all of that kind of stuff. And just like laying it all out there, like the Bible. I don't know if you've yeah. ever read, here's another one I've started reading the Kama Sutra. So yeah. for anyone who doesn't know, it's, it's some dude wrote it and it's, it's not just a manual on sex, which is what most people think. It's a manual on like how to live your fucking life. It's, it's huge. It's like 5,000 oh, pages long. That. Yeah. Motherfucker just wrote this whole like book, like this Bible, I guess, on like how to live your life and shit. So yeah, I, I love that. We're all kind of trying to figure out the meaning of life. Like, why the fuck are we on this rock? Like, like, is this a cosmic joke? Is this is this just a prank that like two gods are playing with each other? Are we just a screensaver? Is this like a, a simulation that Elon Musk made or something? Like, like, what the fuck is the point of all of this? Is it random chance? Is it God? Is it like what are we here for? I love that we're all trying to find that answer. I think that's fucking beautiful and speaks to like humanity itself that we're not all just sitting there like sniffing each other's asses and fucking each other. It's like, no, we want to know why, like at least as far as I can tell, we seem to be the only species that is trying to find out that answer. That's kind of cool. All the rest of them, nothing against the rest of the animals, but like, it's kind of cool that we're like, I mean, they're pretty, what the hell is the point? They are incredibly delicious. Yeah. 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 Incredibly delicious. God made them tasty. I give you that. <laughs> so they do have they do have purpose. Their purpose is to plump to be them tasty up for us. in my belly. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. You probably ticked off every vegan, but that's cool. I don't care. <laughs> hey, vegans, plants are pretty tasty too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was actually that was really interesting. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed that. Okay, let's get into uh, the the question that you wanted to get into, which I think is going to be one of the spicy ones. So let's do it. Did you go through a period of disliking women or bitterness or maybe like a red pill phase, like anger phase? Are you still yeah, in that phase 100%. Now? And I feel like there's still like a certain part of me that's, I'm not going to say I'm in that phase. I definitely do feel like I have, the way that I look at 
women slash females is almost like a different species. Mm-hmm. And I do consider, here's the other. So <clears throat> because in doing so much pickup and gain and 15 years of my life and every country that I've ever been in all the way from like college back home in India to like living in Delhi to, <clears throat> to, to the U S to here, to China, to, to like literally all over the globe. And then observing all of my friends, all the guys that had girlfriends, then they got cheated on all the guys that got married. Some of them got divorced and just, just looking around, right? Like just observing life and then observing everybody in the public eye and everything else. I, I absolutely do have a feeling in my head that females are just a completely, they're humans, obviously, but they're a different species altogether. And because I feel like I've decoded them or deconstructed them or understood them really well, that I'm definitely smarter than them or they're kind of like beneath me or something like that. Now, here's the other thing. And even in just saying that, I was kind of, I also need to say, I think I could also just call that for guys too. I think I might just have a superiority complex in that mm-hmm. sense, just simply because in doing what I do, I need to understand human beings like inside and out. Like I could talk to you and I, I probably have picked up a, a certain couple of things about you. And I pick up a bunch of things about my clients and I pick up a bunch. I pick up things about everybody just talking to them. I can like, I can kind of like see through them, mm-hmm. you know, because I already know where something's coming from. Like before they even tell me, I already know where this thing is coming from. So that part definitely has given me a, like a feeling of a superiority complex or something. And I think mm-hmm. that superiority complex definitely does bleed into what I think about males versus female men, men and women or something like that. And give me one second. I'm going to grab a bottle of water. Sure. Let's go. Okay. I think we can probably both agree that yes, you understand more about the human condition and human psychology and also female nature and male nature than a lot of people, maybe most people. I think that's probably a pretty fair statement. Here's the thing I would say. You're also a complete fucking dumbass. And if we want to tell the, and I am too, by the way, let's make that clear. If we want to tell the narrative in the story that you know more about other people than they know about themselves or that you're incredibly inquisitive and you're incredibly observant and incredibly intelligent about psychology. Like we can, we can write that story and that story will be, we'll have a ton of evidence. I agree with that story, by the way. Then if I was to say to you, all right, Keaton, keep an open mind. Let's lay out a hundred reasons why you're a complete fucking dumbass when it comes to female nature or human psychology. We could write that story. And if you want to, after this podcast, like when you go away by yourself, you can try writing that. This is an experiment that I love doing with myself. I will list a hundred reasons that are, or 50 reasons that are the opposite of the narrative that I have in my head. This comes from, you know, I've mentioned Byron Katie, that woman quite a few times now. Why, why would like that help her, me though? Kind of, I'm not saying it would help you, but I'm saying we could write that story. Okay. We can write the story of how you're a complete dumbass who isn't good at psychology. And in doing that, and we could come up with 50 pieces of evidence and they would all be just as compelling as the 50 pieces of evidence that you mm-hmm. are really good with mm-hmm. human, human mm-hmm. nature, that you understand female psychology. I've done this experiment on myself a million times over the last like five years. And what I have realized is for everything that I know, there is something else that I got wrong. Like that's just, okay. that's always the case. And 
if you can force yourself, here's where I would say it could be useful. If you can force yourself to admit, man, there's a lot of shit I don't know, which, you know, I'm sure you'd, you'd yeah. understand that. You can push yourself down into that role of the student rather than the teacher. You can be that sort of naive idiot who says, I don't know anything. I'm just stupid. I'm open. Tell me whatever you want to fucking tell me. I'll listen. I'm right here, ready to learn. Let's go, baby. You're much more open to new information. You're much more open to having some of your like very strongly held beliefs completely shattered because you're like, I don't want to hang on to my ego and my beliefs. I just want to find out the fucking truth. Kind of like an LSD trip, right? And so I at least myself have found it very, very, very useful to say, I don't know anything. And instead of saying, I know how women are, I know how female psychology is, because trust me, like at this point, I would be one of the people that would know, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. I've slept with a disgusting amount of women over mm -hmm. a disgustingly long time, like, like I understand. But in telling myself or in admitting to myself, there are a lot of things I don't know. There are a lot of assumptions that I have had that have been proven completely wrong, especially a lot of red pill assumptions. I have just been proven wrong so many hundreds of fucking times at this point when it comes to female nature that I eventually embraced this idea of just, all right, fine. I don't fucking know female nature. <clears throat> I'd like to say that I do. I'd like to say that I'm better than every other guy on the planet. I'd like to say yes. that I'm the fucking expert on women. But let yes. me just approach women now from the position of I'm a complete fucking dumbass. And let me just almost like a newborn baby start fresh. And from mm -hmm. that position of like, I don't know anything about women. Let's just find out. Yeah. I've had so many of my like preconceived notions shattered. And this is where I'm finally getting to the point that helped me dissolve a lot of the like frustration that I had with them. Cause I would go into it saying like, you're doing this because of hypergamy. You're doing this mm -hmm. because you're riding the cock carousel. <laughs> you're doing this because of this. And when I took all of those assumptions away and just said, all right, Why'd you flake on me? And like, and like listened, like actually listened without any fucking preconceived notion or what I thought she would say or trying to guess what she would say or like, you know, telling her, oh, is it because of this? If I just asked non-judgmentally and you have to be very fucking non-judgmental. If I just asked, there were so many times when they would say something and I'd go like, oh, that's just because you're a woman. And then she would say, well, no, like the 20 men have done this with me too. And I'll be like, no, they haven't. Men don't do that. Men don't flake. Men don't stand women up and they'd go like, look, here's the fucking evidence. That happens so many fucking times. And, you know, my, my girlfriend Imogen jokes about this. There were so many things that I said only women do. This is female behavior. And she's watched me for the last five years lose all of those battles or most of those battles where it's like, no, look here, here's all my friends and all the men that do it too. And I'd be like, no, nah, men are better than that. No, no, men don't do yeah. that. No, come on. Men have honor and pride. They wouldn't. That's disgusting. I refuse to believe that men would do that. That's, that's atrocious. Men wouldn't do that. And it's like, they do. And mm -hmm. so I haven't lost all of my beliefs. It's not like I think women and men are exactly the same. Like, no, obviously not. But a lot of the really strong beliefs that I had, which were causing me a lot of frustration and pain and like anger in realizing that men do a lot of that shit or in realizing that women have reasons why they're doing that shit. I can understand it. And then even if I wouldn't do it myself, and even if I think, okay, I'm not going to date any women that do that because that's a deal breaker for me, I at least understand it. So I feel like if you can come from the position of just like, all right, woman, tell me, why'd you do this? Why'd you do this? Like, I'm not judging. Mm -hmm. I don't care why you did it, but I want to fucking know instead of what the yeah, red pill yeah. says or what this pickup artist, I want to know from you, yeah. why did you do this? 
yep. you can kind of get a little bit more understanding and that takes away quite a bit of the frustration at least it did for me it's like if you yeah. tell me the fucking reason even if i think it's a goofy reason at least now i get it i'm still not going to date you because i don't like that reason but like i understand i get it mm-hmm. um, i'm a little confused as to how was that like like, was that an answer to what I said? Because I said, like, I have that superiority complex and I feel like I've figured most of these things out, including, like, women or something out, including, like, men or something out, because, you know, that's my job to try and help people out. <clears throat> so, and you're saying, like, that having, like, another, uh, what's the word, mindset or mentality of, like, I'm the student and not the teacher, like, teach me everything, that would help. So I do generally have that in life. So here's the thing. I, I think maybe there's a misunderstanding or something about like an on off switch versus like, let's say like a, like a bar or something, right? Let's say this is God. God understands this much about both. Let's say women or something, right? Or like men and women, both psychology, right? This is the average human being. Mm -hmm. Okay. And this is how much they understand about men and women or psychology or something. This is me. Mm -hmm. Right. So I definitely don't know everything. And of course, mm-hmm. and I know that, and the more that you know, the more that you know that you don't know it, you know, that that's mm-hmm. what always happens too. So I know that I don't know everything, but this much, why do I know that I know this much? Cause this is the amount when I start talking to anybody else and help them out in their lives and with their problems or stuff like that. <clears throat> or if I observe anything else and I try and, you know, pick apart, why did this happen? Why did this big celebrity dude's wife cheat on him or this happened or that? Why did this stuff happen? And I feel like I, I already know the answers and or I've come up with the answers that eventually got found out or stuff like that. And I've helped my friends out with situations and solutions and stuff like that. And then they reinforce it. Like, dude, you fucking understood everything. You figured this thing out. Like, thank you so much. Like, that's why I'm getting those messages, right? Like, bro, thank you so much. I was a black belt incel and now I'm not. Because I'm literally telling them, this is how you're thinking. This is how she's thinking. I want you to do this, this, and this so that she understands it and what is it conveys? She understands the message of this, this, and this, and then you get exactly what you want. <clears throat> right. So like, I'm, this is, I'm literally like playing human beings, like, uh, like, uh, pawns on a chess game. Right. <clears throat> Only of course I do it for good. <laughs> I do it to help these guys and to help those. So here's the thing. I have like wonderful guys that come to me and there are girls that want these wonderful guys. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> but these wonderful guys don't have the confidence, don't have, they don't, haven't gotten over approach anxiety, they don't believe in themselves as much, blah, blah, blah. They don't know their worth and everything and therefore they don't even get a chance to let her know how amazing that they are. Right? Mm-hmm. So what I'm doing is helping them get her to give them a chance and then once she finds who they are, she falls in love with them for them. Not for the pawn things or something else that I'm doing. That's where the whole thing comes in where I'm like, <clears throat> I definitely know more. <clears throat> I feel like here's here's one of the other things that I I generally like to think about. Uh, honestly, and you could someone could consider this condescending or not or anything, but this could apply for anybody. But I literally just think about women as overgrown children. That's 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 how I think about them, right? Whether anybody, whether it's my mom, it's my sister, it's my girlfriend, it's any of my ex girlfriends or anything else. So it's very easy for me to kind of predict their behavior. And mm-hmm. the, I use that to make them happy. Right? Like, I know this is what my mother would like. I know this is what my girlfriend would like. I know this is what my sister would like, anybody else or something. And I will literally just tell my friends, dude, do this when your wife is upset and she's going to enjoy it for this as opposed to something else stupid that he was going to do because he was thinking in his manner of doing it. 
And I'm like, no, don't do that because that conveys this message. Do this because this conveys this message. Does that make sense? So mm-hmm. to me, it's very, very, like, I'll give you a random example. <clears throat> this guy was going to buy his wife, like an iPhone or some shit like that, like 11, 1400 bucks, 1500 bucks. And I'm like, <clears throat> I remember this because like a week ago I was on a, was like collaboration call or something with them. This thing might end in like a minute. I'll have to restart. My apologies. <laughs> but um, yeah, so, and I told him, no, dude, dumbass, don't you remember that she told you that this certain wine is only available in this place and you're fucking in that city right now, you dummy. Don't you think it would be a good idea to fucking go and grab that wine? And he's like, oh, dude, that's a good idea. So he bought the bottle of wine or something that probably cost him 200 bucks. And when he went and gave it to her, she's over the moon happy. She's not happy because she got 200 bucks worth of wine. Or that she got wine. She's happy because what makes her happy is that my husband is listening to me. He gives a shit about that small little tiny thing that I said in the background or something. Right? And now that might be useful for both men and women to be extremely honest. That example might be. But I feel like in a male-female this thing, that's far more useful I feel in like female psychology to understand that. As opposed to like anyone else or anything else. Does that make sense so far? Mm Mm-hmm. We're back. Okay, so that was the example in which, you know, this is one of those things that I understood about how women value certain things as opposed to men do or something. Then, um, I don't know if I have another example, but I could get into other stuff. Like, you know, like my, my core foundation of everything, my core of everything, when I get into like lectures or something that I do, group coaching calls, I literally go with them. Listen, we both have logical thinking and emotional thinking. But as a man, you're like 90% emo- uh, logical and 10% emotional. Like the emotional threshold for something should be absolutely sky high. Like somebody got into a car accident with you or you, somebody touched your kid. Some bullshit like that. Somebody hit your kid. Some shit like that. That's when a guy is going to go like, dude, I'm going to shoot this motherfucker. You know, I'm going to kill this guy. You know, that's when the emotional threshold goes to like a crazy level. Besides that, you know, if somebody even like dented your car, it's like, oh, well, whatever, fuck it. You know, something like that. Versus, whereas for females, I'm like, they have like a 90% emotional control or whatever. Like they're 90% emotion, 10% logic. So anything that you want to do with them is always a game of emotions, right? <clears throat> and this thing, this is another thing that I heard from uh, Todd V, which is why I fucking love this guy too, which is like, you never, this is, this is brilliant for any human being at any point in time, anywhere, ever. You never change her, you never change her mind. You only change her mood. If you're in an argument or something with someone, with a, with your girlfriend, wife, whatever, whoever it is, or you're trying to get something or you're trying to convince her about something or anything of that sort, giving as many logical, rational arguments as you want will not get you the outcome that you're looking for. You're playing a losing battle because she's not logically looking at that thing. There's like an emotional something investment or something in there, which is why... To get the exact same outcome that you're looking for or to convince her into that direction or something, you change her mood into a positive state or an emotional state. And then you give her the exact same logical argument or something and you'll have far better results in terms of convincing her in that direction or way or something. That's just another example. Sure. Do you want me to respond? Sure. Okay. So when you were talking about, you know, this is how much God knows... And this is how much I know. Yep. I agree. What you're missing is that you're making it like binary. You're saying, here's what I know. And here's what I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. saying there's a third, like a threshold of things that you, you understand how learning and knowledge works. 
you don't just like learn something one time and then you're like, oh, that's solidified in my brain. That's my new philosophy going forward. It's like we usually look for evidence of the thing. We mm. often need to be convinced of something multiple times. We need like 10 different examples before we might be convinced. So there will be a lot of knowledge in your head that's only partially solidified. Maybe you have one or two little ev pieces of evidence of that, but you don't fully believe it yet because you just you haven't seen it enough. So there's a little mm -hmm. bit of doubt. Mm -hmm. That is the stuff that I'm saying. If you can humble yourself and say, I don't know yet, I'm not going to be quick to make a judgment. I'm not going to say that I know the answer. I'm going to be very humble and say, I'm the student. I'm just here to learn. Now, I will call myself an expert on that when I've seen it 50 or 100 times. Basically, what I'm advocating for is raising that bar of knowledge or lowering the ego or being more humble and saying, I won't call it until I've seen a lot of evidence. And even when I call it, I'm going to leave wiggle room for here's the exceptions to that rule. With the stuff that you said about women, what did you specifically say? I was going to respond to something. I think I forgot. There was a wine story and then there was a change her mood and not her mind the wine, story. Okay, women are teen... Okay, there. So, so on the concept of like women are like emotional children, maybe you're... Overgrown you're, children. That's how I think about it. Because children are emotional too. Like purely. So right? the, I want that fucking candy right the fuck not... Some shit like that, yeah. The way that human... This is a very like deeper context... The way that human beings process and understand the world is we think that what we're doing is walking around outside responding to everything. No, 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 no. There's a filter. Carl Jung talked about this a lot. He called it psychological projection. But there's essentially a filter that is over our, our perception, our, our thoughts, our brain, our, how we view stuff, how we hear stuff. There's a filter that's constantly running. And I've talked about this in quite a few podcasts. If you go outside today and repeat to yourself in your head, the world sucks, life is unfair, this is shit, I hate, you know, women are horrible, men are horrible. Like if you repeat that to yourself a hundred times as you walk around, the world will literally appear darker. It will. It will. People will be I, cold I agree to with you. you. I, what is that? The perception is reality. I, yeah. Yes. Yes. hundred percent. And we have that filter. That filter is constantly running for everyone. Me too, by the way. Of course. Yeah, yeah. But if we don't realize that it's running, we can sometimes go outside and say, no, I'm being completely objective. This is the way that, that people are. And so what, and it's not up to me to tell someone else that their, their projection or their filter is wrong. But what I advocate for is try a different filter, experiment with a different filter. And so, you know, when you say women are, you know, emotional children or they're teenagers, that was my experience for the first like two years when I was very deep in the red pill stuff. I very much had that fucking filter and I found thousands of pieces of evidence why it was true. I was a little confirmation bias whore. I would just go hunting for that stuff. I'd say, look, see, I was told you, I knew, mm -hmm, I knew, mm -hmm. I fucking knew that was correct. See there, look at that example. Here's another example. Here's another example. And I could have given you hundreds. I could give you hundreds of examples of how women are emotional children. And then at some point I thought, is this serving me? Does this help? No, it doesn't help me to think that I am putting my fucking penis in a person that is an emotional child. That doesn't fucking feel good. Don't I respect my dick enough to be giving it to people that are, are worthy of it? And so I just played around and said, what if I have a different filter? What if women are fully capable human beings? I sound like a feminist, but 
What if women are fully capable human beings who are capable of Bloody. rational thought, who are capable yeah. of rational thought to the extent that men are and are not as mm-hmm. emotional? And at first I was like, that's ridiculous. Like men are the stoic, calm, mm-hmm. rational ones. Women are the ones that are always getting emotional. And mm-hmm. I thought, no, what if I just play with this filter? Mm-hmm. What if I go confirmation bias hunting? What if I go hunting for evidence that women are rational human beings, that they can be as rational as men? And oh mm-hmm. boy, did that get questioned a lot in the early days? Because it's like, yes. well, look at all these women mm-hmm. that are just being emotional, right? Mm-hmm. But I was stubborn in my testing of this to see if I could get to a point where I could find, look for, hunt for women that were as rational as I could be. And what that required was me obviously turning down a lot of women that were very irrational. And I was like, no, this is not what I'm looking for. I had to avoid a lot of drama. I had to really fucking go deep with honesty and like really, 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 really fucking honest, like breaking the fourth wall, breaking the matter, just being completely honest and being like, yo, I'm looking for women that can be as rational as me. Do you think you can Mm -hmm. do that? How do I get you there? What books do you need to read? And I was able to find examples of that. And so there are plenty of women that I agree, you would say are emotional children, 100% agree with that. There are plenty of women who can be more rational. And at the end of the day, I asked myself, which ones do I want to spend time with? And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. As you said, it's like serving you or not. Like, does this serve you or not? You might say it does serve you. It's like, then keep it. Yes. Then keep them fucking keeper. I will always be an advocate for keeping, but yeah, no, you don't, I'll tell you, sorry, you go ahead. Go, 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 go. Yeah. No, you go. No. Well, so what I was going to say was the, the problem with my thought process or something is it sounds bad when it's out there or when it's written. If I say yeah, it out loud, we can loud, always be taken yeah. out of context. Yeah, of yeah, course. Of yeah, what I've said can be. Yeah, but the thing is, it does serve me, and it serves the women that I'm with. Every single one of them, like my understanding of how they behave or how they function or something, helps me to make my girlfriend happier. Helps me to make my sister and my mother happier, and everybody else and all of my friends goes for blah blah blah. Everything else happier. And that's why I would never step in and take someone's opinion or take someone's filter or take someone's mapping and understanding of the world because again who needs god when you have my fucking opinion it's not up to me to say what you're saying is wrong yeah you ask the question though of like what do i think that's what i think and i think i think part of why this shit is so fascinating us being on this rock is like you will have a completely fucking different opinion and mapping of the universe like everything will be different and yet you and I are able to exactly. talk to yeah. each other and communicate <laughs> and translate that shit, even though we literally live in a completely different bubble and we are able to find common truth and like, oh, you mean this, oh, I mean that. Yep. Well, I have never experienced what you're talking about. Well, I've never experienced what you're yes. talking about. How, yes. can, how can we still coexist and try and make the world a better place? I think that's fucking fascinating that we are all essentially, you know, you said like you feel like women are a different species. Mate, I feel like mm-hmm. each individual person is a completely entirely different species. And I can <laughs> yeah. fully understand how people get deep in stuff that you and I would say is like insane, like black pill mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like that's just their fucking filter, man. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. sound like a hippie, but yeah. So so there's two things here. One is the serving you or not thing where I kind of mentioned like you choose what serves you. And I definitely feel that this thing serves me. And the other thing that you mentioned I don't think it has to do with like changing the filter where you mentioned modeling relation. Oh, sorry. You mentioned you would want to be with a girl that's rational. You'd basically ask her to be rational. You break the whole fourth wall, no matter and everything else. 
<clears throat> and to me, what that is, is something that I basically, this is the book that I'm actually going to release, which comes from another book. This is literally the best book that I've ever read in my entire life in and around women. And I've read Rational Meal and I've read this and I spent $25,000 doing all kinds of bullshit, right? The best book that I've ever read in and around women is by some pickup artist dude like 12 fucking years ago who had a coaching system called as um, Get Your Girlfriend Back. Something like that. The X squared system. Get Your Girlfriend Back. His name was Matt mm-hmm. Huston. And his there was like an add-on ebook PDF book that he made for like 200 bucks or uh, 200 pages or something that was literally called Train Your Girlfriend. That was the name of the book. And I think I'm going to like literally copy it because it's such an ultimate clickbait title that I have to copy that exact thing. But with my updated knowledge on it, like 15 years of my experience and everything on top of it, Mm -hmm. this man literally broke down everything about female psychology and human nature that you would ever want to know. And human nature, like not only Mm -hmm. just females, but like this is how validation works, whether you're with guys or with girls. But obviously you want to do it with your girlfriend this way because you care about your girlfriend, Mm da-da-da-da-da-da. So it explained like Mm -hmm. that. But he explained everything about the inner workings of of women or something. Um, every, he had like every single thing sorted out. Like, why are there so many guys? I made a video about this. Why there's so many guys that are married that don't get laid because like they literally model the relationship wrong. They model the relationship where the girl's the one giving sex to the guy. Like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And you give me sex in exchange. Yeah. The thought process that they were going into, it was all kind of messed up. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what this guy does is he helps you model relationships, right? So because the, when I got mm. this book, I was actually, I was mm. actually having going through a breakup with my first girlfriend at that point. And I was thinking in my head, do I want to get her back or not? So I found his program and stuff and I started going through his stuff and I read through this book, the train your, the train your girlfriend, right thing. And I'm like, bro, I did this thing wrong. I did that thing wrong. I did that thing wrong. And this motherfucker had everything listed and explained if, but, see, you were with the girl in the past obviously right so therefore she was obviously attracted to you at one point obviously sure but yeah but over time her attraction for you left and that's true yeah because that's 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 why she left right that's why we're not together anymore why did she leave did you start doing this did you start doing this you start and this is exactly you stopped being the man that she fell in love with. exactly yes you stopped being the guy that she fell in love with i have this uh so here's the this is brilliant actually He's one of the recent guys that I'm working with. And technical difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> ah, fuck, I have it. So, yeah, anyways, I have the last one as well, but I'll just. Uh... So, th- this guy was having issues with his girlfriend at this point in time, right? He's like, she's becoming distant, or this is happening, that's happening, fighting, whatever, something's happening. So, I asked him all of these things. How many of these things have you done? How much of approval-seeking behavior have you done recently? How much of controlling behavior have you done recently? Mm-hmm. Um, how much have you ad- acted jealous or insecure? And this is one of the biggest and worst ones with guys. And I didn't know this, especially coming from India. Because like in India, we have this thing where like, my women, all women are mine. Like my mother, my sister. The, no, you can never touch yep. my sister. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm going to kill you this is this, this. apparently like yeah. women don't get laid like my sister can't get laid if she wants to get laid you know it's like that that insane uh cultural taboo yeah. thing so yeah. uh, but not only that but we do that with, with our women too in india we're like if if my girl's gonna go out or something i'm gonna be jealous or insecure like are you spending time with him why are you going out with him why are you doing this right that jealousy yeah. insecurity controlling thing so mm-hmm. i didn't know that because i grew up in my culture and this guy basically explained this shit to me it's like 
if you are the guy that needs to tell this woman to not spend time with blah 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 to her the signal that she's getting is that guy might have something he's that better. he's not yeah yeah that you're yeah. afraid of him that you're she's going to leave you or something so what what you're doing the intent for which you're doing it is the exact opposite having the is having the exact opposite effect or something and you are adding a giant burden on her you're basically saying i'm not okay by myself i will fall apart if i don't have you i'm going to put the mm. whole fucking burden mm. of happiness on you hey bitch you got to make me happy it's like that's yeah. just too much pressure man i got yeah, my yeah, own yeah. life to deal with i'm supposed to make you happy you're the man why am i supposed yes, to make you exactly. happy what the shit exactly i'm just yes. trying to figure out my own life and you want me to fucking dote on you like that's exactly. it's too much of a burden man that's where that thing about my over grown children or something kind of comes in which is where everybody talks about the exact same thing you want to treat her like your daughter you want to treat your girl your woman like your daughter like you're taking care of her now which yeah, is that where, like mentorship or like protective element yeah yes you're always and when, when like, i say protective not controlling no not controlling because this is the other guy uh, i'm not gonna out who this person is but uh this guy was in my college or something with me and you know he was dating like one of the girls there and jesus fuck i figured out uh, like it came through the grapevine and stuff like this girl could not do anything in her life. She couldn't do anything because this guy was so fucking insecure. She could not spend any time away from him. Her phone was on lock. This was on lock. Everything. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. And I'm like, and you know what the thing was though? I, I, I understood like, dude, I think I'm pretty sure I was that guy. I'm pretty sure I was that guy. And I've seen this like a billion times over. So and you that's know that another I mean. reason why that shit falls apart? Like as in if you're too controlling, eventually it doesn't work out. There's something uh, from a guy called David Hawkins where he talks about universal principles or universal appeal. And basically what he's saying is if an idea or a, a behavior or something you're doing has universal appeal, as in lots of people will think it's really great, then that is so much easier to be successful in. But if something doesn't have universal appeal, the world will fight you. So I'll talk about what I'm saying here. If you're someone who is you know, that kind of, you talked about like almost mentoring or like adding value to your girl's life. Like you're not controlling, you're happy in yourself. You see her as a bonus rather than your other half who will complete you. You know, you support her goals, you push her, you you promote her self-improvement, all of that kind of stuff. Like basically you're making her life better. That has universal appeal. Everybody else around her will go, hey, this guy looks like he's good for you. Like, this woman, this guy looks great. I think you should keep dating him. I think he sounds really healthy. I think this sounds good. They'll fucking encourage her. And if she ever has doubts or something, they'll be like, oh, sweetie, like, talk through the doubts because this guy is great. Like, we want to help you stay with him. Now, if you're controlling, if you're jealous, if you're insecure, all of that, that does not have universal appeal. All of her friends will go, honey, that doesn't sound healthy. Why the fuck are you with this guy? He's, what, he's not letting you hang mm -hmm. out with us. It is now us versus him. Guess what we're going to mm -hmm. fucking do? We're going to tell you to dump his ass. You don't have universal yeah, yeah. appeal. In fact, yeah, you have yeah. universal hate and everyone around her will go, hey, don't be with this guy. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. 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 So there's, there's two, there's two amazing things that you kind of brought up here, brought up here. <clears throat> um, how often to text? Yeah. That's a fucking good one. So, so the how often text or prioritizer, I'm going to, so here again, I'll give you two examples. One was myself because I made the exact same mistake. And then this was the other guy that I just told you about, the wine guy. This was him five years ago, six years ago, and he wasn't married with the exact same girl, by the way. So when he was out with us, every second, like ding, 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 you know, and like every second he's replying back and he's not with us because we're going out as a bunch of guys. 
and uh, we're trying to go like dude what the fuck are you doing like you know like why aren't you just like hanging out and like and he's like oh because my you know this girl my girl blah 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 i'm like bro your girl's not going to leave you and why are you texting her every second of the like as soon as you see it because what what that's here's why he, this is the same thing that was uh, explained to me in the book too what you're doing is what you're trying to do is like a really good friend like if i did that to you you'd be like oh man this guy's always on call or something you know he's always there you're thinking about it in a really masculine way oh this guy's always there when i need help but when you do that with a girl honestly sometimes that's fine but otherwise it signifies this motherfucker has nothing going on in his life he's literally it's on that. the phone 24/7 it's that it's that he's got nothing else going on in his he's life a, why the hell am I with someone on. who has why? no life exactly and that is what makes her unattracted to you and you're texting her nonstop keeping your phone on ring or something to try and be the best boyfriend but you're shooting yourself in the foot because what you're doing is you're kind of like almost to some extent suffocating her in like a reverse way like she's reaching out yes but you're always there you're never like not she never feels the absence of you and like her heart grows fonder when she's when you're absent so this is where the whole this is this is actually such a brilliant point because this this comes into the whole mission and purpose thing. When people because that's what all these guys are going on about. Like, should I be staying with my mission and my purpose and mission and my purpose? Bro, I'm on my mission and purpose my entire day. My girlfriend texts me. I my phone is on silent twenty four seven for all like for everyone. Every, no, my mom nobody's phone comes through because they're in my in my head. There's no such thing as an emergency because if there was an emergency, you just call the cops and they'd come. They to would call you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, there's no need to like call me. I don't, there's no emergency ever. So my phone is always on silent. However, if she texts me and I see it, then I'll reply back. But I'll tell you what, nine out of 10 times, nine out of 10 days, I'm busy throughout the entire fucking day that I just don't have the time to call her back or text her back. And therefore I won't. And it's not like that's a precedent or something that we set up right off the bat. Like that was something like I, I would, I never texted her nonstop or something like that right off the bat. But that's not like, oh, I don't care for her. When I see it, I text her back. Right, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, that thing. <clears throat> now, this this is the. Um, now I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna give you some fucking. What's what's this gonna be called? Right, we call it like evil or something. Uh, advice or something like this is like. I don't know how. To, I don't know how to portray it. I'll give you some fucking game breaking, life changing advice. With my first girlfriend, um, her girlfriends hated me. Because mm-hmm. I was so attached to my girlfriend, I kind of just stayed with her or just always wanted her to be around me or something or whatever it was. I never like really you felt focused. like you were like clingy. Yeah, I would, I was definitely clinging and clinging in the first one, but here's the thing that I didn't understand. Of course I was clingy. That was a completely different part of the mistakes and relationship that I, that I did mm-hmm. the part that I didn't understand. And this is the, this is the dark secret, dark trick that you want to use. You always want to get her girlfriends on your side. Always. That's not dark. That's just called common sense. <laughs> That is common sense. Okay, yeah, you could. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but but you know when you said like you know when somebody would say, uh, "Oh, honey, he's not good for you, sweetie, he's not good for you." I don't believe in that shit at all. I'll explain to you why. I genuinely don't. This is the part where the whole women are overgrown children kind of thing come in. Uh, there's a Chris Rock uh, stand-up special where he has this this point in there. Women hate women. Women hate women. Like they're not happy for each other's success and happiness and stuff like that. And it will come up in the, the standard comedy special has like a brilliant piece of uh, this thing in it, like uh, examples and everything else in it. But that whole part, like, see, if my girl's in an amazingly happy relationship, I can actually not, it would serve me better to not expect that her friends are actually going to be happy for her because they're going to be envious for her. Because this is another thing that happens in the whole sphere, which is like, 
the lack of good men. Where are all the good men? So if she found me and she's happy with me, i.e. she thinks that I'm a good man and they don't have a good man, they're going to be envious and jealous of her that they don't have a good man. So if something were to go wrong and she were to share it with them, they wouldn't, quote unquote, turn her against me because I'm a bad person. They would just do it out of complete selfish, this thing that they don't have what we have. Something like that. So that part that you mentioned about um, her friends would actually say this or that, I kind of disagree there because because I'm saying it's a completely external factor. And if you want to flip the switch on that thing, whether you like her friends or not, I would still make the effort to have them in my good books or something, or me, me being in their good books. Even if I fucking hate them, which, there, which have, there have been times where I fucking hated these girls, I still always made sure that they were happy with me because they would always be on my side if me and her would ever have like an argument or something. They would always be speaking me up at that point. Mm. Right? So that's like a kind of a tangent thing because I feel that's how that part of life or something works um, as opposed to like the way that you treat her or something. So that was that. That was that. Yeah. Then these were the questions that I was kind of going through with this guy. Did you do this? Did you do this? Did you do this? Did you do this? And he's like, oh, dude, yeah, I've been doing like a bunch of those things. Like, <clears throat> and then he flipped those. And when he flipped them, like within two days, she's, you know, they're back together and they're good again. Right. Um, there was one more. I think it was the exact same guy's idea. or such. Oh, there's so many different things, right? Just like, <clears throat> but yeah. Um. I, I kind of want to bring this eventually, if you don't have a point at, the, at this point, eventually let's bring this back to like the core question that you asked me. But if you have anything at this point, uh, go ahead. No, let's do it. Let's, let's bring it back. Yeah. I'll bring it back to the core question that you asked me. Like, did you, do I still have. Did you go through a period of disliking women slash bitterness <laughs> slash frustration, I guess? Yes. So being from India and seeing the things that I've, I've seen and I've watched. Right. And let me, let me explain to you how that goes. In India, yes, it's quote-unquote unsafe for women. And I completely agree with that shit, right? It's unsafe for women. There's a lot of crime, blah, blah, blah. True, right? However, I'm not the guy committing that crime. I'm not not on the fucking hype train to commit that crime or like in support of these guys or anything. Now, why is this important? Because anytime like these male-female wars or some shit comes up, whether it's on the internet or on the news media or anything, that's the shit that trickles down to the psychology of the people, the human foot soldiers that are on the ground, right? Sure. Whatever is being shown by the media and everything else is what's coming down here. So what's what's coming up here is like, you know, rape and this and that and all that kind of like negative shit. What's coming down to the ground is that men are un, un uh, safe or some shit like that, or they're not worthy or, you know, stuff like that is what's seeping down at the, gro- at the ground level. So what happens is, and also, and here's another thing, it was like sex ratios are fucking ridiculously screwed. It's like one woman for every 10, 10 guys or something. And then you got to find an attractive woman, which is like a hundred women. So you're going to go and, you know, like compete with like a thousand plus, 10,000 plus other guys to get like one attractive girl or something. Now, all of that shit has kind of seeped into society, all that kind of stuff, where the girl doesn't have to do anything. She does not have to be a good person. She does not have to have a good attitude. She does not have to have a good personality or anything. Her mere existence is enough for her to get all the attention and everything else that she wants from everybody around her, right? And I, as a guy, as a young guy growing up, and all my friends and everybody else, we had to quote-unquote suffer that shit. And we are suffering a fate that is not of our own making. If anything went wrong, I would be the first person to try and help somebody else. 
right? So, but the average law-abiding regular man that's out there who has a terribly, horribly skewed sex ratio is suffering the fate of this fucking weird bullshit that comes down and, and seeps into the mind of every average person, including every average girl that's there. Does that kind of make sense so far? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I have suffered through that shit as well, where people have, I have to do things to make other people happy, even though, you know, like I shouldn't have to do them or something. Stuff like that. <clears throat> um, as an example, all this stuff, dude, all this stuff about like, like even what's happening with Tate and, and all the stuff that's happened in the past, where if they just say something, it's taken at face value or something without, you know, what is that? Guilty until proven innocent. It's that part, mm-hmm. right? And that part obviously fucking pisses me off and it triggers me to no fucking end. And even worse, this I mentioned this actually in the last podcast, I think with you. You remember when I said that I was domestically abused? Mm-hmm. It was with a girl that I was with. Yeah, right? I went through a couple of years of that too. Yeah, and in that thing, when we were together and everything was fine, everything was good, was good. But one of the things, I mentioned this in another video, I took this video down eventually after. <clears throat> but what she said to me eventually when we got into a fight, she was like, she was clearly bipolar or whatever she was. I don't know what she was. But eventually what she said to me was uh, in Hindi, which is now I'm going to show you what happens to guys in this country, which is like here in Canada or something, right? She could speak my language. So what that meant was she also knows how the entire society and structure and everything else and the law and the government and everything works that she just needs to say some shit and it's going to be taken as gospel as if I'm the enemy and I'm the guy that's doing a crime or some shit like that. Hmm. That makes sense? So of course, all that shit fucking bothers me and affects me and has made my understanding and thinking of everything in that certain way. And then of course you see these, you see these fucking guys that are getting taken on for rights. All the guys that have like a lot of money and then they get divorced and they detect, they get more than 50% of everything that they had taken away from them. Right. So just repeated examples and all those kinds of things, absolutely fucking blackbird me to have like the thing and come up with the narrative and the structure that I've had to serve me. This is where that thing came up was like to serve you or not to serve you. Right. This doesn't make me, love my girlfriend less or any of the women in my life less. It gives me a really good thing to kind of like actually help me have better relationships with them and all of my friends as well. Um, so yeah, so even when I, so when you started off, like did it jade you or something? Oh, I was definitely jaded. Plus I'm Indian, right? So I'm brown. So like, you know, you just akin to a rapist or some shit in, in the vest and all kinds of fucking weird, bro. It's so funny. If I go up to a girl or in a par- at a party or this or that or something, you know, it's like akin to being a rapist, which is funny because like if we, if me and this person, the girl met at a, at a, at a hospital and I was a doctor, she would strip naked for me and want me to touch her. Like the exact same fuck. I'm the exact same brown skin motherfucker. But now she's like, please come up and feel me off. <laughs> the exact, but if you're to do it in a social circle setting or something, you know, there's that thing, that thing in, in the back of their head or something. So all of that shit absolutely did uh, affect me. In terms of all of these things. However, I didn't let them quote unquote break me. As At least that's the way that I would like to think about it or something. I didn't become blackpilled. I didn't stay back. I didn't not put myself out there. I didn't try harder. Holy shit. You think trying hard? Oh my fucking God. I have other guys, white guys that I coach and these guys made like, you know, transformations with me or something. <clears throat> and they're impressive, of course, but they're nowhere close to me. Right, they, they. I only worked with them for four or six months or something, 
And these guys are fucking slaying on Tinder. And these guys are slaying on Bumble and this and this and this. And for me, fucking zero swipes. I reset my Tinder seven times, zero fucking swipes, right? And I am the guy because after seven resets, I couldn't get anything. So I, I'm like, dude, fuck this shit. I'm just going to go out and start talking to women. And I started doing that. And I wouldn't get results, but at least I would feel good making the approaches and stuff like that. And I'm standing with these guys like, yo, let's go and approach that girl. It's like, no, 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 no. So I go and approach the girl and they come back. And they're like, bro, how do you do this? Bro, this is some magical shit. How do you do this shit? And like not even one, like multiple guys saying the same thing. And these guys are slaying it on Tinder. So in terms of that too, the amount of numbers that I had to go through of women, like the amount of volume that I had to go through to get the results that I've had, like that that's another one of those things. I was blackmailed, I think, but I didn't let any of that negative shit kind of like get to me. It was just like, how do you resolve this matter? How do you resolve this thing? How do you work yeah. around this? How do you work around this? How do you work around this? Yeah, what is so, the solution? Yeah, exactly. I think yeah. that speaks volumes to your character that you're willing to stick in there and keep going. So we, we went a little bit off track or something, but I think that was like the original question is like, were you blackpilled? I definitely was. I still, you know, the, the different thing, the way that I think is different, but I definitely was blackpilled and jaded and all that kind of stuff. And, but I just tried my best or something to just not let it get to me, you know, because here's, here's why I'll tell you why. Um, because I, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't want to call myself a book personal trainer i hate that shit but like i guess i'm, I'm a bodybuilding coach or something right 99 <clears> percent <throat> of the guys in the fitness industry are fucking garbage garbage straight trash right 19 and now because i do so much stuff in and around drugs and my parents are both doctors so like you know i'm like i know how doctors and stuff function as well 99 <clears throat> percent of doctors are garbage right now i've been to a bunch of schools myself and in the indian education system and here and here and here 99 percent of teachers are trash there's, there is that one, those one or two that are really good, but 99% of teachers are trash. So my thing was, there has to be, 99% of women could be garbage, but I need to find that 1% that are exactly the ones that I want, the exact ones that I can gel with, the exact ones that can get along with me, because I owe that to myself to get that 1% or something. So that's yeah. the thing that kept me going. You're talking about screening, yeah. 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 <clears throat> Yeah. Another way of phrasing that is, you know, talking to women or you can call it getting laid, whatever it is that you're doing. It's like selling a house. You only need one buyer. Mm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, do you have any other questions or you, you, you have to keep going for some of the other ones? I do have to go. Yeah. But we can hang for five or 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, man, I was, so I think this is really going to help because how many guys come to you that are black pill? I don't coach any. Okay. I don't coach any. So I would never coach someone. I I coach people that are depressed and stuff like that, but I screen really hard for people who are at the level of courage or above as in they're willing to say, all right, I got to fucking fix this. So I work with plenty of people that have black pill ideas. I've worked with plenty of people that are suicidal and depressed, but they're at the point where they're like, I want to fix this. I, I, I would never really work with someone who was like, I don't want to fix this. Like, I just want to argue. It's, I don't, that's not really how I spend my time. It doesn't bring me joy to argue with people. So yeah, very few to answer the question. Gotcha. Yeah. No, I think, I think this question that you asked me is actually really good. Because I guess I'm on I'm on this side, 
and like you know people kind of like oh, I, I guess maybe look up to me and look up to you in terms of like where to go how to go and i've had so many of these guys ask me dude i was black belt i'm you know the, I, thank you for changing that and everything else i'm like you Sounds know like i've you're been the, there you're the optimistic black pill the optimistic black pill yeah like you can't you be sound like the optimistic black pill, black pill. <laughs> Actually, that's a good that's a good way to think about it. In terms right, of life, you went through all. I might this, actually be black this, about life too. Yeah, you went but through all this like though. negative stuff. You had all these <laughs> ideas of women. You literally saw it. You have all the evidence for it. You you've got all that stuff, and then yet you're still like, but I don't want to be like this, or I don't want it to be this way, right? There has to be a way that I can find women that are happy and healthy and will add to my life. There's another tiny that's story. Optimistic. You want me to get into that? It's like yeah, a tiny on. little personal story or something in, in that too. And of course, this is probably, of course, also made a difference or something. <clears throat> but uh, not only have I seen this in jokes as well, but um, so me and my family took a vacation to Malaysia or some place at some point in time when we were kids. I was probably 14, 16. My sister's like four years younger than I am. So probably 12 or something. And mm-hmm. um, we had a separate room compared to my parents. And we didn't sleep all. No, no. Okay. Yeah. So we had a separate room compared to my parents. And my, my dad walks into the room where me and my sister are there. And he looks at the curtains or something and he's like, why are the curtains open or closed? Whichever one. And uh, he's like, who did that? Because I just did the opposite. And I was like, uh, and he's looking at me. I'm like, no, I didn't do that. He's like, how can it be? Because I just did this and it's the exact opposite. I'm like, well, I didn't do it. So he's like, of course you did it, blah, blah, blah. And then my sister pipes up and she says, "Um, I'm sorry, this is the wrong story, I think. No, no, no. Yeah. So anyways, (laughs) this is the wrong story, actually. But I want to finish the story too. But yeah, so... um, she pipes him and says, it was me that did it. So my dad actually says to her, why are you the one that's owning up or something when I'm already scolding him? You know, so 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 that thing. I, and in my head, I'm like, has this motherfucker gone nuts? Like, has he gone insane? <laughs> He's like literally trying Yeah, I've already dished the- out the punishment. Now I have to dish out more punishment. <laughs> now I have to like, take it back. Yeah, I'm like, why? Has this guy gone insane or some shit? Now I have to apologize and look like an idiot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, so I think even that example kind of comes up. I'll tell you why. So, a life like 10 12 years or whatever like let's say like an incredibly long ass time of me taking care of my sister bro i used to fucking take her to nursery school like it's unbelievable my parents didn't teach me how to like let my sister go in the sense like hey go to class and just go there and you can't really practice for that when a kid's in nursery and i'm like four years older than her so like she was like gripping onto my leg and hanging on to me and she's not leaving me and the teachers are trying to like drag her away and she's not not leaving obviously (laughs) right now nobody trained me for that shit my both my parents are doctors and they're working they just sent us off to school so one day after like a couple of months like maybe like a week a couple of weeks or something i just ended up having literally like toffees and candies like these right Mm -hmm. fucking eclair chocolates they were actually sexy though fucking amazing um, so I had these eclair things and she's like again, ha- hanging on to me again. I'm like, okay, I'm definitely going to lose my first superiors or something. So I just whipped it out to like eat it or something. And she's like, I want it. And I was like, do you want and it? And you, you just can- throw it in there. You just throw it in there. I was like, how about if I give you this, can I go uh, to class? And she's like, okay. And then I was like, what the fuck is that easy? Like I can, can give her a piece bribe, of candy. Yeah. <laughs> I can bribe my sister with like fucking, I can bribe this baby with candy and just leave for class. That's amazing. <laughs> So that's what I started doing. I started getting chocolates and stuff. Now, anyway, that's just one story. And I, you know, me and her were tight the entire time, all the way until we were growing up. Until someday, eventually at some point, I'm assuming that she finally realized that she has a vagina. And that if she cries in the house, I get scolded. And after that, she would fucking always take advantage of that shit. So literally from the day that I fucking grew up, <laughs> I was like, this person's crying and I'm the one that's getting scolded and shit. 
And this is there in like movies and books and like stuff like this, like in jokes too. It's like a meme too. It's like, uh, you don't want to go against like a woman's strongest weapon or something like that. And what is the strongest weapon? Her tears. Like if she breaks down, you're going to break down too. Like you're not going to fight a crying woman per se, right? So it's like that thing. So I was like, dude, what the fuck? And then obviously, so that happened at home. That's true. But I noticed that everywhere too. I was like, dude, they just need to, need to like break down or cry or something. And everything goes topsy-turvy. No matter how guilty, right yeah. this guy was, everything is gone. <laughs> like, where's the logic in this shit? <laughs> I was like, fuck off. So, yeah, that was another thing that kind of like molded me or something in, in like the entire thing growing up as well. But yeah. See, that's kind of where that thing comes in. Like, you don't change her mind. You change her mood. There's no point in making her cry to get your way. You might as well make her happier and then logic your way out of it or something. Does that make sense? Sure, like, even yeah. that connection yeah. makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Back to go away again. <laughs> yeah. <no. laughs> uh, you know, it's funny, dude. It's, I'm, I'm pretty sure I have, like, the Zoom Pro thing, but I, I think it reset or something. It never even shows me anything. Well, I'll fix that on the back end. Um, that's right. All right, Andy. Thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. I honestly didn't have really any clue or any idea where I was going to take it. I knew it was going to be interesting. Neither did I. Yeah, I had no clue where I was going to take it. But I'm glad about the question that you brought up because that's really important in my opinion for the black pill stuff and stuff. Um, And I already forgot what the other things that we discussed. Oh, yeah, the man... You know, should you chase pussy first or something? It was a fantastic Mm. podcast. I'm glad that you... Yeah, man. I appreciate you having me on. This was fun. Uh, how can people find you? What is it that you do? What is it that you help people out with? And how can people find you? Come and say hello on YouTube. If you like this podcast, kill your inner loser. I got plenty of podcasts about women, dating, sex, money, mental health, probably mostly mental health at this point, or as you say, in a game. So come check me out over there. That's the most valuable thing. I think I feel like, yeah, it's the stuff people care about, right? It's, it's why we're doing all this to be happy, peaceful, happy. Awesome. Um, all right, guys, if you guys don't know who I am, my name is Kathan Sade at intellectual.muscle. I help guys get jacked ASAP in the shortest amount of time in the safest possible manner. Once we get you jacked, we get you laid. Uh, I do the exact same thing that Andy does, but my core is in bodybuilding and fitness. If you guys need some help with any of the above or anything else, my calendar link should be in the description box below. Uh, drop me a DM on Instagram at intellectual.muscle. I answer all of my DMs by myself. Besides that, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, please do help us out with a like, comment, share, subscribe, so on and so forth with the YouTube algorithm. And I shall see you all next time. Peace. All right, bro. If you enjoyed this video, please help me out with a like, comment, share, subscribe, so on and so forth with the YouTube algorithm. Check out a bunch of my client testimonials. Check out my own body transformation. I even have my the transformation of my own uh, mom on this thing as well. Um, in tier three of my coaching, I actually help you guys get the girls that you want. I help you guys get the pickup skills, the social skills, uh, self-esteem, self-worth skills. I help you guys become financially independent. All of these things come up in tier three of coaching. So if you want to transform your entire life, starting with your own body transformation, fill out the calendar link in the description box below and besides that i hope you all have a great evening and she'll see you all next time peace